Thank you so much for checking out What Are We Just Show, an anime podcast so bad that it loops back around to being good. Or so we hope. Just wanted to take a minute and say that if you enjoy what you hear, you can rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to our YouTube or SoundCloud, or follow us on Twitter at What Are We Just Show. We also have an inbox at What Are We Just Show at Gmail if your message can't be fit into 280 characters. And we read all the messages you send and reply to them whether they make it to air or not, because we really do love our community, which we hope you'll become a part of if you haven't already. But whether you do or not, you have our sincere thanks for listening, friend. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hello, everybody. I can't do that <laughs> Welcome, friends, uh, ladies, gentlemen, NBs. Welcome to the last one of the fifth one. I believe this is our fifth. Uh, you are correct. Show of our fifth season, if you will, of Stream of Thought. Sarah's on my. Mm-hmm. Sarah's on my. The long goodbye of Sarah's on my. It's ending. Uh, it has ended, and we are here to 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 sing one last sweet serenade to our our lovely our lovely little mm-hmm. Kappa boys. And this makes me sad. Uh, but you know, before we delve too deeply into that stuff, uh, I'm the subtle doctor. By the way, in case you are tuning in for the very first time, uh, at the subtle doctor on Twitter. Doc, Dawkins, Docarella, Doczilla. No, please don't call me Doczilla. Um, sometimes I answer. No, please, stuff. please do. It'll make me very happy. It'll make I'll laugh. I, I'll, I will find this very amusing. So please, you go right ahead, folks. Shine on you, crazy diamonds. I answer to subs as well from a select group of people on the internet, but uh, my wife makes fun of me because they're like, you know, they're just calling you like a pile of sandwiches and. <laughs> just makes me happy. And uh, the the laughing man above me in the stream, uh, and in ontological priority, is uh, Manchester's favorite son, the the silver lining to all our clouds. It's Shadon. Are, are you referring to the fact that my hair is growing silver? Mine too. Like yeah. It, like I th- since you know if you look back at the the course of the stream. You will see that, like, hair in the beard and on the head, like the grays, the silvers, you know, they're they're populating. I mean, I, mean, like, I know Sarah has been a tough watch, but I didn't think it was that traumatic. Come on. <laughs> no. Well, it's it's there were a lot of feelings. Let me just say that I I've got a feeling as well. I'll tell you what that feeling is: anger. I fucking hate this show, and I'll tell you why. 
because it made our otters to be the most evil, abominable, eldritch creatures ever. Have you seen what they look like? There's this one gif I've seen, this, just this goofy little sea artist just rubbing his face. I'm like, that is apparently, according to this show, the source and the root of all evil in the, in the world. I mean, I'm not buying it, Sarah, to buy zero out of ten. Worst show I've ever seen. Go home and shave. It is a cultural am, difference. Course. It is an unexpected, you know, curveball from the show. I'm willing to look past it. You know, I'm willing to be the the cultured one. I'm willing to be like, look, I know. We all know here that otters are good. But, you know, we just need to look past this and see and understand, like, the true message that's happening despite all the the awful otter hate that's happening. So basically I'm, I'm better than you is what I'm saying because I'm willing to overlook it. Back to you, Meg. You, you just, you, you've just got no backbone, man. You've just got no backbone. Gotta stand, up for otter, gotta stand up for otter rights. <laughs> we don't need moral relativism in a time like it's this. An otter, it's an utter <laughs> disgrace that this is going on, I tell you. It's rough. Um... The moral of the show is that adder- otters are an abstract concept. Man, I laughed so hard, uh, Zoe, when that happened. Like, when in the middle of everything, the king otter, the, the dark kepi, as otter, is like, I am an abstract concept. And then a giant drum label called concept smashed <laughs> the boys. Like, you, you know, if ever if ever I feel the need to leave a work meeting at any particular point, I'm just going to say that I'm an abstract concept and just walk out. It needs to be... <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do? I don't technically exist. There needs to be, like, uh, like, this is what it's like to be in critical theory class or in philosophy 101 for the first time. You just get hit with the concept drum, and you and your friends all plummet to your your doom. Whoops. Well, I personally was a bit surprised in the end. It turned out the Oss was not the real villain, but it was actually the twisted spirit of Salvador Dali. Explain. <laughs> you... The, you know, melting clock? Mmm. There. Yes. You're fucking right. I forgot about that. That's that's so yeah. right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even the melting clock is right twice a day, depending on the length of the day in the Salvador Dali universe. Well, before any time, more time melts off our clock, Shadon, <laughs> why don't you uh, read, uh, why don't you update us on the Twitter polls from the episode 910 stream? While I pull Indeed. up the information here, I, I don't know why my voice sort of went to the like Georgian, you know, southern accent. Of a Georgian gentleman, but I will pull up. Uh, pull Is up this where the audience you're trying to seduce there, Doc? I'm just, just yes. asking. I, you know what? You have found me out. My cover is blown. I have thought you're trying to be, you know, be, uh, what was his name? Uh, Calvin Candy from uh, Django Unchained. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's face. Django. <laughs> Good film. All right, anyway, so what's the polls? What's the polls? So first one, from way back when on June the 17th, uh, is dot hack sign sort of oh god god this word salad honestly like sit, do do like do animes just get made by like you know using predictive text algorithms like just type of phone right i want it to be about swords what's next art online all right anyway <clears throat> i mean cough up some bullshit here by talking about his names is dot hack sign sort art online for all people 
Uh, 92% of our respondents said yes, but with hey. less yucks. So, hey, you know what? I'm going to donate to the local, you know, nursing home soon. A couple of copies of that. That'll keep them entertained. BC Antiques Roadshow. Uh, and 8% said no way. Because even the 8% is no that you wouldn't give it to anyone. You know? Oh, Just, that's good. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. Uh, next up, was the scene in uh, Sounds Meyer when Rayo smashes the wine ball against the wall? Absolute art. Eighty-six uh, percent of people said in total capitals, absolute art. Forty percent uh, said art. <laughs> I'm gonna want you to see that voice again later when you quote Dark Kepi. Did you did you ever see? Um, this is probably too obscure. Uh, Dino Riders. Ever seen, heard of the toys, the show? It was a Tyco toy. Mm, um, pass. And they made a cartoon like of it. The first, it was one of those where the first couple episodes looked great because they like gave the VHS away with like I don't know Pizza Hut pizza or something like that. And then the rest of the episodes they got made for TV looked like utter shit. But like. The concept was people from the future, like there was humans and weird alien people and they were fighting a war and then they got thrown back into the dinosaur times. And basically I'm bringing all this up to say I'm stealing this voice from Krulos, who was the leader of the Rulons, the bad guys in Dino Riders. Krulos was like this. I will have Tyrannosaurus Rex here. <laughs> So this is the cruelest place. This is where I'm. Do you reckon it was really awkward for Krulos to like go ordering fast food from McDonald's <laughs> <and> drive? <laughs> like you know, you're just there. You're the McDonald's like you know cashier where on the other end, and obviously the you know the mic is not great anyway. And he's got to lean out, his car, <laughs> and you know it just ends up like. <laughs> so that was a Big Mac with fries and a milkshake. What milkshake was? Uh, a strawberry is then yes. Okay. I said, so hold the fucking onions, you filthy piece of human garbage. Yeah. Thank you. Fair enough. <laughs> Good. Uh, you'll get your uh, take out eventually. Anyway, forty percent of people said. Also a small cookie, please. Forty <laughs> percent of people said it was okay, and zero percent of people said it was dumb. You're dumb, and. Credits to you all out there who responds to the poll, but you missed out on the chance to throw some shade. So uh, that's very nice of you, but you know we're in good company here. You can throw some shade on us. We've got it. We've got it. Anyway, I'm okay next up it. is uh, in the most predictive poll ever, as it turns oh. out, because it could it could not have more accurately got at the events of this episode. Uh, is the Misanga the true hero and main character in Saren Zamai? Doc here, you know, getting the scripts leaked to him ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. My mind you already is just, do. You know, my mind is on a different level than your mind. That's all that's happening here, folks. I For sure. see it. Well, to be fair, a lot of people were also on a different level because uh, 88% people said, bless the Misanga. Uh, in much the same tone as when you say, praise the sun in Dark Souls. <laughs> so, and... He would mispronounce it in Dark Souls. Sorry, guys. It's true. Twelve percent of people said OFC not. OFC not. No way. <laughs> uh, and I think that's the end of the polls. But there is one of a. Po oh no, there isn't actually. Sorry, there's one more. Uh, 
were you surprised that Rayo and Mabu were captors? The thing that I was surprised at, and evidently, you know, more people than uh, not uh, were more clued into the show than I am, so you probably should stop watching this podcast right now, if I'm quite honest. Uh, feel free. Uh, but 30% people said yes, never saw it coming, and 70% said nope, no long. All good. Do you have to read Wikipedia for it? Just new. Right up here. Next level. You never see it coming. Sorry. I can't hit that note. <laughs> Move on. Abandon the No bed. one can. <laughs> Lynn's voice is incredible, by mm-hmm. the way. I love that lady's voice. Ooh, yeah. la la. Like, uh, you know, at, like, she's really great. I have to say, like, when Persona 5 was up for Game of the Year discussions in, in the Giant Bomb 2017 show, which I could talk a lot about Giant Bomb. If I did ever, if we ever made a Patreon, you'd be like, Doc discusses Giant Bomb lore for like two hours. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, she, I, and I love Abby so much, but like, I was so, I was like choking my phone if a phone was a thing you could choke. We just, we, we were talking about the music. They were, sorry, they were talking, we, as if I'm a member of the cast. They were talking about Do the music. Like <laughs> yes, thank you. The P5 music. And, she was like, the music sounds good, but all the vocals are a little bit theater kid. And I was just like, no, no. First of all, don't put that in my head. Second of all, you're so wrong. And third of all, you're so right. But I don't care. I like it anyway. <laughs> it's still good. Uh, people can, you know, uh, people can be wrong. Yeah, different tastes. Yeah. You know. This is fair. You know, we, we can't, you know, there we can't hold against them. you expect to be universally loved and then... You know, you're on the internet and someone doesn't like it. You're just like, I'm so surprised. Oh, boy. Anyway, we have one more poll to talk about that was not actually related to Saren's of but I am going to bring it up now because it is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we like to exercise a little bit of democracy here and now and again on Warrior Death Show, as we've done previously to disasterific results. Uh, yep. You know, from our ancient, you know, pre-going uh, it alone current day YouTube history, when we decide, what should we watch? Uh, I don't remember what it was. Was it Welcome to... Yeah, it was Welcome to HK or Phantom. And we watched something <laughs> incredible, but we ended up... But we ended up watching something trash. Uh, so we put our call this time, of course, to our modern audience to, uh, you know, decide what we're going to watch next. Uh, a dicey proposition, if ever it were one, because we did include not one, but two potential flunkers on there, one of which received a token vote. I don't know who did that. Yeah. I don't know who you are. I don't want to know who you are. Uh, please remain under that bridge wherever you are, like out in the wilds. You, you monster. I. It was I. I will sabotage your podcast. Just you. I thought that was Vargelia with the, with the whole <laughs> line, you know, and the scripting. Uh, anyway, so we put six anime ups for people to vote on for us to watch next for season six, which will be happening uh, in a couple of weeks' time once the next core starts. Uh, so at the bottom of the pile, where it belongs, uh, is Arifresa Shogyo Disekai Sekai whatever it is God bless you. Uh, with one vote uh, the one that basically just reads like the most generic uh, isekai ever like you know it was written with wallpaper paste oh, it tastes the same the four and same nutritional content I think either light novel or manga adaptation of it whatever they're putting it mm-hmm. out it's, it's out this week so it's a thing Yep, and it's a thing that we're going to miss. Thank yeah, God for that. Yes. It's looking like uh, it won't uh, catch up, like barring a miracle. Uh, 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 unless something disastrous happens, and please, no one get any hints about did, that. Uh, if you... What did Dr. Manhattan call it? A thermodynamic miracle has to occur. Oh, good God. 
Um, anyway, speaking of Doxers, uh, last seconds, last place, uh, Doctor Stone. Uh, that one, you know, seemed like I mean I put that out there as like you know a solid recommendation, but a lot of people who vote on this uh, seems to have gone elsewhere for their choices. And hey, fair play, fair play. Uh, next up, we have Eren no Shubutai. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but I apologize. Uh, also known as Fire Force, which sounds like the most amazingly cheesy rock band ever. Yeah. We are Fire Force! And this is going to be 30 minutes of our guitarist just going nuts and how <laughs> yeah, lyrics just really generic. <laughs> just improv solos. Oh. Uh, they are currently at six votes. Uh, Dr. Stone, by the way, is at five. I forgot. Uh, and then we have the Dark Horse taking up third place, the one that yeah. I have not watched the OP of yet or the or the trailer of yet, but Doc has described it as having the thousand-yard upward stare on, the, on a girl, so just, fantastic. Just panning Great. up and down a lady astronaut's Great. body for a minute and a half. Great. Mm-hmm. Marvellous. Uh, so that's Kanasano Astra. Uh, ten votes for that one. And then next up, uh, we have in second place, uh, you know, not this is final tap given. Right. Uh, twenty-one votes there, close, quite close. But taking out in the lead, uh, Vinland Saga with twenty-five. Um, so I just want to say, by the way, to everyone who has taken the time to vote on this poll uh, thus far, thank you so much thank for doing you. so. We really, definitely like. We love having your. <laughs> we love having your participation in the podcast. It's only a way like this, you know, helping us decide what we're going to do next and. I'm actually quite stunned at the breadth, like, you know, we've got on the top plot. Like, we've got people who want to do the fantasy, we've got people who want to do, like, you know, the, uh, the shoujo stuff, we've got people who want to do Kanasa Astra because these people are degenerates and awful. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm the one who suggested it myself, so it's only my fault, really. Uh, so thank you, everyone, who's voted. But that being said, the poll is still open. If you have not voted yet and you wish to do so, uh, link will be on our Twitter. It's currently pinned up there, yep. at Warrior Death Show. Get on there, put your votes in, put a piece up, have a cup of tea, and feel very proud of yourself for having contributed to, you know, us doing some either potentially good anime or some potentially shocking anime next season. Although, spoiler alert, I'm probably going to end up covering Kanato Astro on my own anyway, even if we don't watch it together, because I'm a moron. <laughs> no, really, that's it. Because my colossal to be tip. great. <laughs> be like, there's a couple problematic elements. There's the one episode where they, you know, chase around to get Cheryl Gnome's underwear, but the rest of it's great. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I mean, you can't say to me, you know, sci-fi survival si- series or something like that, where they're stranded out somewhere and maybe not maybe in least interested. Although, admittedly, that also was the premise of Lost in Space, so maybe I shouldn't be, you know, getting ahead of myself here. Hey, Bargum. Anyway, yes, please do check out the poll. If you've already done so, drop your vote in. We'd very much like to have your thoughts on this and what we should cover next. Uh, get on it. Get yeah. on it. Anyway, I mean, back to you, Doc. Yeah, no, right now it's a two-horse race between uh, Given and uh, Vikings. What is that called? What's the Viking show called? You just said it. Vinland Saga. Uh, and, you know, if that's how it remains, so be it. Uh, vote for your fave, but... You know, what I look at the the view counts and the the listener counts on a lot of our stuff, and there are a lot of people who, uh, or, or perhaps just a lot of bots, and I'm deluded. But I think there are a lot of people who consume our content that just haven't voted. So go to the straw poll; it's at the top of our Twitter. It'll be the link will be in the description of this YouTube video, and of um, uh, like the SoundCloud, uh, the the podcast, all that stuff. Um, and vote, you know, 
if you care. If you don't care and you're just kind of up for whatever, well, fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's your valid too. Uh, yes. So, okay. Uh, just going to real quick before we summarize uh, and run down the final episode. And then also our like thoughts on the series as a whole mm. um, and kind of anecdotes and musings on what we liked, what we thought. Not necessarily what we didn't love, but because I don't think there's anything we point to. Maybe I'm wrong. But we'll be like, this was really bad, but just where we thought the show could have done better or improved. Before we do all that, I just want to take a quick mm-hmm. moment to shout out uh, Maimu Matsushima, who, you know, apart from Ikuhara and uh, Teruko Utsumi, who have been like, they've been the episode writers. Uh, the the screen composition people, the head writers, uh, you know, and the the individual episode writers for all the episodes, uh, you know, Ikuhara, like this is his this is his baby, of course, so he's heavily involved. Mm-hmm. Um, Ikuhara was on the episode direction and storyboarding in addition to the writing, but uh, the aforementioned Matsushima also helped do the storyboarding and the writing for this episode. And you may remember Matsushima-san from being a storyboarder uh, for episode one of Sarasabai. But Ooh, uh, bookending, bookending. Very yeah, good. yeah, which is always a nice thing. And but they're they're back to help storyboard and direct. I want to connect. So Sarasabai, um, they have a tiny CV, according to Anime News Network, and uh, it's um. It's a little spotty, you know, it's up and down. Um, on the plus side, you know, they've got the Sarah's and my work. They've got mm-hmm. uh, some key animation. It looks like all their other credits are in the animation. Uh, and I see a background art too, but but mostly mostly animation. So it was good, I think, to see Mashima, um branching out to do episode direction and storyboarding. But we got we got key animation for Yorikuma Arashi, the, uh, the previous Ikuhara joint. Uh, mm-hmm. we've got, um, some food wars, the second plate, which is a fantastic name for a second season. So one like dish anime, another dish plate. anime. <laughs> There's some relationship. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, spinning many, spinning many plates, this dude, with all this girl even up. Never, never one too many cooks in the kitchen when, when Machishima is involved. Um, mm-hmm. But then, of course, you know. Oh dear! I don't know. This, every every time he gets this point where you start listing off the bad ones, I just really think you're going to name drop something I've seen, which is just wretched, and I'm just going to cringe. So just get it over with. This it's, is going to be like no, getting a tether no, shot. Nothing you've seen except for Sword, oh, except for Sword oh. Art Online. Um, I'll be fair to that. The show looks decent. That's the thing. Like, I can't. That's the thing. Is Matsushima was doing key animation for like three episodes. So it's not like they were like, yes, this is my brainchild. You know what I mean? So uh, this is very much like, <laughs> here's someone making the show look good, paying the bills. Um, same for uh, Fractale, a show that I like despise with all my being. Wow. Partly for how shit it was and partly for Yamakon's involvement with it and proclamations that like he was going to fucking save anime. Oh show, great! You know the otaku are killing it, and here, here am I, Yamakon, to fucking save the industry with this mediocre bullshit fractal. I hope you make it sound like he's just someone who's constantly standing outside. Let's say I don't know 
uh, Studio Ghibli's offices with a placard like this, <laughs> like, I will save anime from the like, bad people's... You sh- if you Google Yamakon, you'll just see what a scumbag he is. Like, every fucking year, he, like, says or does something deplorable or annoying or both. And then mm-hmm. this person had the misfortune to do a little bit of key animation on... Uh, I can't remember... Is it Kenji Nakamura? I think it's Kenji Nakamura who did um, uh, Irabu, uh, Trapeze, uh, oh. and Suritama. But also they, they worked on not those shows, not the really good, because all of Nakamura's stuff is usually great, but like he also directed C, dash, dash, control, dash, dash, oh. money of <laughs> soul impossibility. Uh, and like I just hate that joke. It's so bad. It's so bad. But and it was only animation, so you know. Again, this they have to put food on their table. Anyway, yeah, those are Mashima's uh, credits. So there you have it. Um, their their reputation will be nothing but bolstered and enhanced from their work with uh, the other masterful creatives on episodes one and eleven here. Mm. While Shadon ejects from the cockpit, I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm, I'm already back. I'm already back in it. Yeah, I hate it. It's, uh, that was fast. Um, you put another, the shine you, on my head. You put another quarter in, and immediately it's you know roll on. So okay, I'm going to br- briefly hit the high points here of episode eleven. I want to connect. So Sarazadmai. Uh, Can I just say, uh, yes. when you say I want to get so Sarans and I, we've obviously had all the titles up to this point, which have been like I want to betray, but I can't, all that stuff. I think in this context, you can just read that as I want to connect, so fuck it. <laughs> like, I'm gonna do it. There's no buts. Joke as I might, that actually is arguably the point of the series, as it turns out. But we'll get to that yes. later. Yes. 100%. Um... Okay, so uh, Chikai asked Toy to... Oh, good start. Yeah, we have Chikai, we have Toy. Um, the good start because I didn't mispronounce his name. Um, he asked his little brother to shoot his past self to sever the connections he's made. And uh, can I just say, the gun he hands uh, his little brother is exact is like a new 3ds galaxy edition like that same skin i don't know if you've ever seen this 3ds but it's a very popular model in america and it looks exactly like that uh the the color scheme not if the, you look at it, it tastes a grapefruit <laughs> not the shape it will be funny if it would be tragic and also tragically comedic if, if the 3ds form factor was in fact a glock um uh, <laughs> oh hello cloud t um I've not seen you come around, so welcome. Welcome to the welcome. chat. Um, welcome to the insanity. Yes. <laughs> we're, like the, we're like the Hotel California. You can check out if you want, but you can never leave. Never. Uh, you Once you're in, you're in. So get out while you can. <laughs> Speaking of checking out, let's talk more about, uh, let's talk more about a toy and uh, mm-hmm. him checking out, so to speak. Right. Uh, well... Enta and Kazu and Kepi, they go after him into the dark world. They they swim in the dark water to... Did you ever see Dark Water? Was that a Jennifer Connelly movie? I feel like it was. Pass. I think it was not good. Um, anyway, so Toy... <laughs> uh, Toy begins to, like, shoot himself, his past self in different memories. Um, 
he begins to sort of slowly erase himself. And this reminded me of when uh, last week, I believe it was Aki, who talked about er- them slowly erasing the Twitter of Reo and Mabu, and they didn't just delete it all at once. They deleted each tweet one by one. And so here you have Toy going through and erasing each memory one by one instead of all in a collective sweep. Um, so we have that going on. We have uh, Kepi confronting darkness. The otter, dark Kepi. Kuro Kepi. Kuro Kepi. So that's happening. Toy, like, boy, there's this this really sort of there's so many really powerful scenes here and like when I'm reading them my notes I'm like man I've not thought about this enough but uh there's this great scene where he severs his connection with his brother Jakai and he says that um you know he's talking about what happened when he shot uh that gangster he says only one person held my hand back then um this is a connection I forged myself so I'm going to end it myself by my own hand and uh, he shoots sort of, I guess, Dark Chikai. Like, I don't know if he... It's unclear to me, and maybe you can make this clear, whether or not he understands this is Chikai or not. Whether he thinks, this is really my brother, and so I'm going to end this. Or whether he's like, you're not really my brother, so I'm going to shoot you. I don't know if it really matters, but like that part was unclear. I, th- I, think, I think that it was him asserting his own willingness and not that he was simply getting Griba worm-tongued into doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. for the last step, I don't want you leaning over my shoulder and whispering, you know, this poison in my ear. I know what I'm doing. I've got a goal in mind. I'm going to raise my self-existence. You know, don't need you, you know, giving me shit about this. Piss off. Mm-hmm. And like Trickster quotes, you know, Dark Chikai is saying like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't holding your hand. I wasn't doing anything selflessly. I was just using you. And Toy said he didn't mind. I mean, he's a tiny child at this point, and he's okay with being used as long as, you know... Can I just add, by the way, just as a small point when you said that, I got some serious fucking Asian Mages Bride vibes then with Chisei in particular. Ooh, man, you're so right about that. That stung when he said that. Because, again, I can get where he's coming from, like, you know. Mm. I've got no one but my brother. My brother's a tosser. He's a shithead. Uh... But who else do I have? That's better than nothing, surely. Yeah, it's very sad. So, at this point, Toy is about to destroy and erase his uh, child self with the Misanga, but Kazu and Inta jump in to protect child Toy. And uh, despite eventually Toy erasing that part of himself for the time being. I think he does end up shooting it, but Kazu's Misanga remains, uh, even though toys had gone. Uh, the Misanga remaineth. Blessed be the Misanga. Um, and and Kazu tells... Uh, does he tell us? He tells us to Dark, the Dark Otter Man. Um, yes, to Dark Kepi. Even if you cut me off, like even if you erase... Uh, the connection, right, that I've, uh, Toy and I have established previously, then... Insert your own uh, crappy 4G data plan joke here. Yeah? <laughs> that tweet was... And many, people have made, many people have made that, so... 
I'm just quoting. Even if you cut me off, I'll keep reconnecting. Like, it's that important to me. Um, then we go through kind of a montage of visions. Uh, the boys are kind of plunged into oh, this, like, seeing a lot of things we've already seen in the show. And there's each one of them has a monologue in which they say, a lot of different things, but always they're saying part of me must have been waiting for someone to do something. Um, which I thought, like, I don't know, which really fucking hit me as super significant. We can talk about that mm. later. Um, but then, rather than rather than lose his own connection, and same can be said for the boys, they all call out, Sara, 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 Sara. Uh, and then Super Kepi jumps in, which was like the cutest Kepi shot of all. No, time. no, no, no. I, that's one bit. It's an Ultraman reference. Really? I shit you not. Tell, tell like, me more. Okay, so I, for a time, I didn't finish it because I kind of got bored with it. Maybe I should go back and give it a second chance. I was watching Gridman. Uh, Gridman being based off the Ultraman so because that's super property and license right. to trigger. And of course, there's a lot of homages to uh, Ultraman in that. Uh, indeed, Gridman was a live-action TV show from the first, yes. and one of them is the pose of like Gridman flying towards the screen, arm up like that, but coming in steps. Like it's not just mm. going like forward constantly. It's like dum dum dum. That is literally the Ultraman summoning sequence. Wow! Kepi did a fucking Ultraman, and I, and I popped off when I saw that. I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. That's cool. I did not expect the deep. I mean, I mean we've I mean we've that's we've cool. had we've had like West Side story in this. Like Ikahara, <laughs> like all I probably missed half the references of this because I oh, didn't know yeah. them. I was just being plain ignorant. But like that's awesome. It's super cool. It's super cool. Um Sorry I'd lost my place amidst the deep the deep Ultraman lore, which I'm very impressed <laughs> by. Um, da, 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 Kappa. Wait a minute. What does that say? Yes, I can't read my own writing once again. This is a, a bingo now for you guys. Um, the Kappa boys and Kepi parachute in to deliver the Misanga to Toy, um, to Young Toy, and. Then of course we have our musical number happen, which I've missed yep. deeply. Like so all three of them singing simultaneously this time, just to know. So good. Um, and of course the musical number is an absolute delight. Uh, it ends with the otter claiming he's an abstract concept, which we've already talked about being amazing. Um, and <laughs> we get. Kepi attaining the object of his desire, which is to reunite with sort of dark Kepi. His sort of reconnect with his despair. We have Kepi fusion, as it says on screen, which made me happy. And it made me even happier still when we get to see Reo and Mabu return. Yes! The little buttons, the jewelries or whatever kind of come off of Kepi's back. Um... And become our favorite uh, law enforcement agents. Um, yeah, telling. But they're back to their natural place now. They're yep. they're uh, Kepi's attendants again in full uniform, regained. Yes. and like they they're both, back where they belong. And they both seem like 
themselves so deeply and like really switched on and engaged and invested and like and they also helped the boyos deliver the misanga to young kazuki um mm-hmm. and then we get uh the og kepi prince kepi uh we see him in ah, his straight, pomp. <laughs> straight from his previous work at undertale i believe <laughs> i'm not kidding I, that was the first thing that popped up when i saw his actual design he Shit. looks like an undertale character holy am God. i wrong he really 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 does really does um you totally you totally know the awesome would have uh, been playing megalovania for everyone oh yes oh my god that's what i was trying to think oh, of. <laughs> oh possibly the flowery theme maybe but anyway oh flowery that bastard um so we see good lord I have the word soccer leak on my page. <laughs> and we got some hot deets about the new transfers, folks. We're shifting over this podcast from anime right, yes. to actual football. We're going to tell you who's going to Man United <laughs> and Manchester City. We go now live to Old Trafford where there's a helicopter landing in midfield. The newest record signing, Shaden T. Shaden. Climbing out of the helicopter, going to get his medical. Let's see if we can get a quickie with him, an interview. Uh, Excuse me? Yes, that's right. You heard what I said, a quickie. This made a left turn that I did not anticipate. So now that you're the wealthiest man in the world, will you consent to be my lover? Only for I a just... uh... Anyway, so I'm going to hijack this discussion now and just get back on track if, and try and, you know... I mean... This is not bleach, but uh, this will be filled with bleach later. It'll be the pine-scented variety, so at least tastes nice as I try and drink away the memories of what just happened. Yes. Uh, anyway, sorry, carry on, Doc. Let's You're continue. Let's go, continue this. <laughs> please go back and into the photos of what just happened and shoot me. <laughs> and erase me from it. Erase oh, me from those. Oh, God. So, uh, never uh, get your Shuriko Dynamic extracted because that's the first thing that's going to appear, you saying that line. Yep. So... That scene is like really incredible, and but but we don't we can't talk a lot about it in the summary, just because. I've got so I've, we got to save the sacrifice because yeah. there's so much to unpack from that. There's so much. Uh, we see Sarah and Kepi crowned together. We see Sarah's true form, which is lovely. With and it really did feel like an Undertale shot. There, you're very correct. Now that I think about this. Um, and then, and then we get Sarah saying what I think may be like the most significant line in the show to me, um, personally, just because it made me think of that ANN interest piece where they cited the, the, the brief interview with Ikuhara, where he talked about making the show particularly like thinking about the tsunami and the earthquake uh, of early this decade and the things he said about loss. Uh, I mean, that really, really clearly came through here. I mean, it was some dialogue that was, was not like a verbatim quote from the interview, but it really felt like almost beat for beat what he was saying. You know, Sarah says only those who connect their desires through the pain of loss can take the future in their hands. Uh, 
and then we get the the credits which are kind of traumatizing at first because our boy toy mm. gets his head shaved <laughs> that's like wow what is don't make the mistake don't make the mistake i did i mean i didn't <laughs> i didn't go to prison to get my head shaved but nonetheless woofed um and it's three years later as well that's three years in the slammer that he spends as well man but there's a point to it I know. There so, like, a fucking, yeah. Gosh, the haircut. I just have haircut in all caps uh, <laughs> in my notes. And three years, three years. Uh, Toy, you know, pays his debt to society uh, for weed. I guess. Um, yeah. I, who knows why he was ultimately convicted? Yeah, up, but it's immaterial. The, really. the murder was probably buried uh, forever. Um, and at the end, after that, you know, we, we see Toy jumping off the, uh, connection bridge into the water and the other two boys joining him. And, uh, it's just a lovely, like heartfelt reunion that made me like, this is the part that made me tear up like this. And after the ending, like when, like we see Toy, like doing the thing verbally that, you know, men do like there's you know the saying insults are the language of love between men, uh, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm sick of you guys. What the fuck are you doing here? But like he has this like this blush on his face and such a a warm, cute smile. Like I and then they're all I fall and and, and then they're all hit by a boat because it's still an actively used river. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> this is fuck you. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Insults, <laughs> the language of love between men. Uh, we'll we'll cover that in a bit, Sue and Trixie. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the uh, turning in or toy yeah. in prison time. But we there is a there is a lot to discuss about that and what it means narratively. Uh, yeah, but I, do I actually think this is right. Like he he did turn himself in. I wonder for what. And because he was a juvie, I mean maybe uh, maybe like three years was like okay, good behavior. Like you shot this like old this older dude who was like clearly a threat to you and your brother. Da, da 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 like three years is playing whatever um mm-hmm. very plausible i actually don't know how the penal system works in japan and all that sort of stuff so like who the fuck knows like what's realistic to expect from all that and um i'm sure someone the fuck knows who's listening to this but i sure don't um so if anyone can enlighten me about that that'd be great uh yeah and then you know we get to see the fucking cat who had kittens doing the like the pose uh yep. which is incredible um and and we see uh the boys as 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 kappa uh are off to the future and the rest yeah. of their lives oh. together one other small detail we get to watch the opening again at the very end of the show uh the closing moment of the opening is you remember how we said before like about the shadows getting erased so it was just down to kazaki at the end all yeah. three of them are back Yes. Fuck yes. All has been restored. God bless. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, that is then Sarans and I off to the future. Whew. The endless ending that I've spoken to, spoken about many times before, which is, world's their right now. They can do as they please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And indeed, that's part of the point of the show, as is illustrated in the uh, post, you know, uh, end of dark keppy moments when we get like the uh, montage of uh, football scenes, um, which we'll cover shortly. But Woo. Yeah, there it is. I want to connect, so 
Fuck it. Sarah's on mine. So Sarah's on mine. Indeed. Okay. All right. Ooh. Talk to me. Talk to me, Shadon. Tell me what you got to say about this episode. All right. Okay. So I'll start by asking this, right? Like, okay. Now, apart from the obvious, like, you know, we need to stop Dark Kepi from erasing all, hu- all human existence thing. You have to ask yourself the question, why did Kepi take Dark Kepi back in? If you could live a life free of despair, you know, you? if I could live a life free of sadness, of doubt, of, you know, all that. Well, well, well I don't know. You? I don't know. Wouldn't you? I but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bear in mind, Kepi, as we have seen him up until this point, is, you know, this little round Janastas blob, basically. But then we see his true form, and his true form is almost divine, I would argue, in its portrayal. And that's the thing. That only happens after he takes Dark Kepi back in. Mm-hmm. So I think through that, like, that's telling us that you can only really be a complete person or a complete entity if you, if you do have that dark side, which ties in with everything else that's happened. Um... You know, all of our characters made mistakes of various stripes and sorts. Uh, Kazuki with how he treated Haruka, or even just the crime of stealing the answer, or something that got left unresolved, but that's... <laughs> standpoint. I-, I will actually have to just tie that off to a slight juncture and say, if I had one criticism of the show overall, I think the overarching plot was a bit thin. Now, before mm-hmm. anyone says, well, what the fuck did you expect? Oh, that's the point. You're right. It's only really more of a thing to drape the characters on, and they're the things that we come here for. I'm of the opinion, generally speaking, that when it comes to shows, you can either have a show that has, or even, you can have three things. Basically, have a show with a great plot and weak characters, or you can have a weak plot, strong characters, or the golden, you know, duo of that, aha, uh-huh, is both. Uh-huh. And Sirens of Mind, to me, I feel, its plot isn't necessarily weak, I would argue, but I think the overarching stuff of the Otter Empire and the Kappas and what's happened between them and the mythology of it took a back seat and didn't really get as fleshed out. I mean, as much as Asusa Sarah had that closing line that you mentioned there, she didn't really do much in the second half of the show. Her presence yeah. was a bit peripheral. Yeah. Now, I only, I'm just buying that now because I want to move back onto the good stuff. So with character stuff, though, all the characters made mistakes. We've got Kazuki doing this stuff with Harak. We've got Enter and his, you know, possessiveness, his, you know, dickheaded behavior. Uh, out of his, you know, jealousy and selfishness. And we've got Toy's legitimately, you know, actual acts of criminal, act, you know, violence, murder and all that, and the way he treats her people, the way he's standoffish towards, uh, you know, Kazuki and Enter in the early part of the show. If anything, he's probably the most, like, you know, normal and relatable, even though he actually is the one who's committed the worst crime. That, right. If you want to Le- go by legally legal speaking. <laughs> yeah. Kepi himself let his despair go, rather than holding on to it, it caused great suffering to us. That's basically on him, Ray and Mabu doing things. But all of our characters have made mistakes, but they've kept them. They haven't raised them, they haven't undone them, even though there has been an actual in-universe way of doing that through the dishes. At and the end or, of the show, at the end of the... Yeah. Can I just say, also, I think this really ties in quite well with, um, especially Kepi's bit, um, mm-hmm. with, you know, like, why... Why is it bad that people get get erased right because people do bad shit too right people are off like erasing things erasing people erasing like mistakes Mm. that whole process of erasure of forgetting parts or the whole i think the show is very much like against that sort of thing Mm. 
I agree. Um, so, like, they've all made mistakes, and they've all had opportunities to undo them, and indeed they continue to make as the show goes along. It's not just about the ones they start with, like what happened in the past. But as we go along, I mean, Toy's brother dies, for Christ's sake. Uh, Kazuki nearly gets Harak fucking killed. <laughs> you know, I could go on. Boy. But right. they continue to make them, and they have, you know, these opportunities to undo them. To completely erase them and redo them. And there's only one time that happens, which is to bring Enter back from the dead. Which is fine. I would argue that's acceptable. But they haven't materially otherwise changed their lives in any significant way going forward. Haraku is still wheelchair bound, for example. Uh, Toy's brother, dead. He ain't going back. And as for Enter, the odds of him ever hooking up with Kazuki, in my opinion, are slim to none. Poor fella. <laughs> and that, and. Yet they all keep they all keep their mistakes at heart and learn from them, move from them. Mm-hmm. Rayo Mabu, uh, Rayo, you know, they collectively realize that Mabu's continued existence was, you know, as I said previously, past the point of which you know it was a good thing. It was over. You know, he had died, and keeping him around as a shell or a ghost or a doll of yours was a bad thing. So all those elements of like despair and suffering, indeed, that's what prompts Toy to do what he does in this episode, you know, to take the actions he does and try and erase himself from history. It's still arguing you keep those close to you and they drive you onwards and drive you forward. Like the, you shouldn't be afraid of, you know, what the future might bring. Because as far as Toy's concerned, with his brother gone, that's it. He's got no one. Oh well, he obviously has Kazakin Enter. But from his perspective, that's it. He made his choice, and his choice causes nothing but pain and suffering. They turns around that. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, that, you know, it, as much as it's easy to say, you know, oh, I could do two things different. So I really appreciate the show taking this final big keynote, like, or its key theme here, which is that, yeah, we can, and we will, fuck up horrible. I mean, back when I was younger, like, and I'm not talking like childhood, I'm talking like when I was like 90s, and I always thought to myself, what the fuck, like, is, uh, you know, what the fuck is up with kids, like, you know, doing stupid shit, like, you know, getting to fights, going drinking, all the sorts of sedentary shit, you know, when it can cause serious thing. And while I'm advocating they do that as a way of learning through mistakes, I'm just saying that organically as we grow up, it is, you know, not necessarily a bad thing that we fuck up occasionally, just so we can get back up from it and grow and mature from it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is... This is why I think, like, to me... Boy, the statement at the end by Sarah, I mean, really did tie things together incredibly well and made it really, really clear what was significant and, and good, a lot of what was significant and good thematically for me in the show. You know, because, you know, it's like she says, and like Ikahara said in the interview, that like, you know, just forgetting and attempting to erase the past, it hobbles your future. You know what I mean? Like, the good and the bad of your past, like you talked about the fuck-ups, the mistakes, and not even the mistakes you make, but like the horrible shit that happens to you, the tragedies. Um, like earthquakes, tsunamis, like losing people. Um, like, 
those things make your future connections while making them at times more difficult on the front end, perhaps like mm-hmm. they're given more meaning because mm-hmm. of that. I mean, like, so, uh, Abraham, uh, Heschel is it Heschel or Heschel. I think it's Heschel was a Jewish thinker who said, I thought of this quote immediately when Sarah said what she did. He says, um, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it to be more inclusive. Uh, he, he has a gendered quote uh, because he's, you know, from the the days when we used things like mankind to talk about all people. But he says, uh, the person who has not suffered, what could they possibly know anyway? And, like, uh, to me that just makes so much sense and ties in really well mm-hmm. with the meaning of what she's saying in the show. Like, all the characters having to fully face up to who they are and who they have been all the way through and integrate that into themselves mm-hmm. so that they could more deeply connect with everyone else in their lives, the people that they cared about most. Like, knowing what's at stake and knowing... Knowing, like, what you really can and can't live without, right? Like knowing what loss is, like I think helps us to have empathy for each other. And again, helps our, our connections in that way. And, you know, gives us a clear, a clearer head when forging, forging on with those we care about into the, the rest of mm. our lives. Indeed. Well, the sum of our experiences after all, I mean, a lot of the things I know now and the ways and I act like, I didn't do that shit when I was younger. Mm-hmm. You can't get to be a better person without learning and growing, without accepting that you're in a place where you could improve from to be simple as. I mean, I will say so about Sarah's mind. That's the second time we had to deal with suicide in the same in the same show. Jesus Christ. Because again, that's basically conceptually the same thing that's going to happen to Kazuki halfway through. And again, I will credit it with this. Like, while obviously I very strongly disagree with what Toy's doing, like, you know, because he has plenty to live. Mm-hmm. The show is clear on why he wants to do it, how he came to that. We can understand that. We can understand that. And we, and again, it has that same line of thinking that I praised in episode six bar, which is, if I never existed, and when I praise it, by the way, I'm saying the race, I'm not saying that I agree with it, just to clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, if I never existed, the world be better for it. Great. If I literally have the means to do that, to just take myself out of the timeline, you know, get out of the pool, just see myself out, everyone will be happier for it. Yeah. My brother will be happier for it, as in, you know, size case. Harika will be happier, he won't be paralyzed. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, I again think the show should be really praised for that, just because it treats, like, even though it never explicitly brings it up as suicide, the fact that it actually, you know, addresses it in a realistic way in terms of like how we come to think of it and how it's been framed to the characters, to Toy and to Kazuki, and how they pass it and how they pass why they're doing it. I mean, just to put it a different way, like, if you go back to episode six, had Kazuki erased himself from history, though, he would have never interacted with Haruka and Haruka's life would have been lesser for it, even though he'd have had the ability to walk again. I mean, everyone on the I, show would have been lesser. Oh, yeah. Degree, you know. Yeah, exactly. But in Haruka's case, he would have, you know, either lost that. Yep. You know, yep. 
it's not a zero. It's not you know an, an easy win and all on all or nothing thing here. You gain something, you lose something, and so it really strongly asserts that yeah, there are mistakes that have been made by his character, serious catastrophic ones, but that doesn't mean you gain something by undoing them. You have it's a trade. It's a trade. So uh, not just for you, but for oh, everyone oh, else. Sorry, I don't mean. Sorry, to no, carry, no, carry on, carry on. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, my fault. Um, so Zoe Fang in chat brings up an interesting line of thinking. Uh, they say that the otters represent the replacement of a real thing with an abstract concept slash dream of a thing. So like an ideal rather than something grounded in concrete experience or the real world. Um, so deceiving yourself with, e.g., the idea of the perfect romance, the idea that Reo had of, of he and Mabu's life together, um, and with Toy, he avoids the real punishment for his crimes with his internalized, imagined punishment. Giving up football, giving up his friends, erasing himself. It's really interesting. <clears throat> like, if you... in my, I know the way that I think about things in my head, this, like, maps really well onto the otters, um, what they end up seeming to mean by desire. Like, the thing you desire, the object of your desire is this totally sort of self-invented ideal that is about you and fulfilling what you want versus love, right? The the antipathy in the show of desire, like something that is yeah. uh, not just about you, something that is um, at, uh, a sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Mutual? Yeah, there's a like a, a term of of art and logic that describes a two way relationship that I can't think of. But yes, something mm. mutual um, mm. and something. Indeed, the, all of the all the hallucinations, like when they possess people, mm -hmm. uh, are all very singular. Like, here's what you want. Now yeah. give it to you. But it's and a fiction, exactly. And it's not it's it's not messy. It's not you know it's not a fuck up. It's not gonna gonna have bad moments. It's not going to uh, not cook for you, uh, the the otter cookies. It's not going to mess mm -hmm. us up. It's not going to um, quit football, you know, all that sort of thing. I think that's a really neat way to think about it. I'll have to think about that some more. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, there are two polls in the chat, by the way, so do feel free to check them out. Uh, one's, one's funny, and I hope that we are you people answering the right way, believe it or not. And the other one's a bit more serious. Uh, but next talking point. Um, this ties into what we were saying before about the idea, you know, you have to experience loss to grow from it. Um, and I'm talking specifically about Toy's incarceration. Now, we can quibble all we wish about the means or whys of how he got there. And to me, I'm not so worried about specifics in this case, just that he's there. Um, and we see him, you know, be have his head shaved, he loses his individuality. But he then leaves and he has it back. And there's a line by the prison guard that I found really fascinating, or the warden, or whatever you are calling him, as he's leaving, say, your life begins today. N ah, no. I actually disagree with him. I very strongly disagree with him, and I'll tell you why. Because yeah, we've seen no, no, through no, no, this... No, no, no. Yeah, no, I feel you. I guess I'm just like... Like, I feel like his heart was in the right place. And be like, boy, like, I... What if all prison guards were like that? <laughs> they really gave a shit about there. You know what I mean? Like you just hear mm -hmm. so many awful stories. But well, it, it, wasn't really the, it wasn't the 
It wasn't the prison for banana fish to be no, fat. No, it seemed like he really cared. You know, he was like, I don't want to see you back here. Turn over a new leaf. And like, yeah, like that in technical sense, like this is divergent from what we're talking about, the message of the show being. But I just thought I felt it was it was nice and showed that he really actually cared about Toy and the mm. rest of his life. So but yes, please mm. carry on. By like after all, the entire first half of the episode prior to him being incarcerated, closing moments is him fighting for the past and to retain it, even though he's done horrible things in it. So his life has always been on for the good and the bad that's entailed. It didn't, you know, start anew when he came out there. He carried those experiences with him and those connections, and that's why Enter and Kazuki are waiting for him after the facts when no one else otherwise would be. So, again, I think this ties into the whole thing. Like, it, yeah, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, he got punished and lost and all that. But that's the direct outcome of his actions from the rest of the show. He carries that with him, say, serves, his, serves his punishment, but does so willingly. Mm-hmm. It's a complete U-turn from what he had done before, where he was going to completely erase himself. Like, he literally, in the most real way possible, takes you know takes the fall from that takes the punishment because he knows it's worth it to maintain those connections he's had in his memories and you know continue on so his life hasn't started at that point harder i'd argue it's more continuing onwards and now he's grown from i mean arguably my view uh, i would prefer he not be incarcerated at all because i'd say there's pretty strong mitigating evidence or circumstances the weed stuff notwithstanding. I mean, this is Japan after all, where that apparently is more, you know, heinous a crime than child pornography. So nice one, Japan. Real good, real classy. Keep it up. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Really. And I think that's why it's immaterial how we got there. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's awful. Anyway. That's why I think it's that's why I think it's immaterial, really, in the end. Yeah. Uh, why how he ended up there so much as it's just like, you know, him truly accepting what he's done and keeping that in heart and mind to move on with that growth yeah i mean exactly like if he felt this was something he really needed to do to kind of get his head on straight and come to a more accepting place of of like everything that he is and has been then i'm fine with it because again it, it was it from what we're shown anyway and kind of the attitude of the scene it didn't look like it was a super sort of severe or intense confinement um mm. and it looked like it was probably beneficial for him mm-hmm. uh in in some ways uh mm. the time tricksters mentioning the um the bridge scene the thing is kazuki and enter being there is such a massive coincidence that i don't think it's necessarily uh meant to be taken on straight but i mean it is the bridge of desires after all so yep. maybe him passing through, that was meant more not necessarily to be him killing himself then, but more to, you know, now he's out in the world again, he wants to maybe try and use that as a point to reconnect with him. Mm-hmm. You can read a lot of rates, I suppose. But Yeah, and we see him as a, a Kappa later with Off to the Future. I mean, I don't think I don't think that he's symbolically killing himself there. If anything, you could say, like, it's some sort of symbolic baptism. You know, water, more often than for death, is a a symbol for newness of life. Um, Mm -hmm. And you could say, like, this is not that he's kind of, like we talked about, forgetting everything else, but that he he's stepping out into this world with fresh eyes, almost like he's born Mm -hmm. new in it. 
I mean, they can talk underwater, apparently, when they're in that river. So I'm guessing that it is. I mean, he won't be that pedantic. There's definitely meant to be taken abstractly because otherwise they'd be like, he'd be like, I'd say, Ed Zikowski, what are you doing? Exactly. And the whole sign hitting, what happened to the sign hitting Kazuki in the head? Like, what was that all about? You know, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, so I would uh, ab- abstract concepts are characters in the show, so we can't. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. We do. We should. I don't. I don't think uh, this yeah. is a literal sort of thing or meant to stand in for. Uh, oh, you can even think yourself. of the idea of uh, Maybe water, also, you know, washing him clean. He was stained with blood at one point, after all. So That's maybe true. this is a metaphorical yeah. washing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Totally. Yeah. yeah Cleans- like cleansing of sins. Baptism type of thing for sure. I would. I would favor my own self i feel like that reading to me makes more sense but um yeah mm. but i mean yeah i've had your case for almost anything with this show um mm. exactly all right do you have any more doc yeah let me let's talk about um da, 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 da. um yeah but i thought uh i i really liked the lines when the boys were having their visions, you know, when they're all falling before mm. Toy had decided he wanted to really kind of save himself um, and save his connections. Um, they each said, uh, part of me must have been waiting. Uh, I think Enta said, part of me must have been waiting for someone to, you know, burst my bubble and I can't remember what the other two said, but uh, but it just this whole idea of, I don't know, something about the scene and that line really kind of, I, I don't know, made me think I really connect with, <coughs> jibe with the way that Ikuhara sort of thinks about human experience in a really broad mm. kind of way, existentially. Not like our phenomenal experiences, but like just kind of existentially what's going on. Like, because you have these three boys who are lonely at different points. Mm-hmm. And when they they really kind of get to the bottom of what they're thinking, they were like, you know, yes, I was lonely and I was waiting for someone else. Like I'm waiting for another, for the other to reach out to, for, to to start some kind of connection, and it just made me want to get up from my seat and go talk to other people, because I'm like, this is what other people in the world are thinking. Because I feel like it just felt so fundamental to being an experience or a human. It felt so real. Like, yes, like this is what we're all waiting for. Like someone to 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 reach out their hand to us to to talk to us to to have uh, a a connection to have like this kind of uh, these <laughs> I'm going to make it sound more highfalutin than I probably mean here but like a a transcendent kind of moment like just mm. really recognizing each other as human beings not objects and making a connection and trying to get through, like well that goes back to the boxes wanting. in the early part in the early part of the show mm-hmm. after all yeah you know, yeah, the I only box you ever see of a heart and is uh, an actual love heart for love is Haricus. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing that is treasured above all else, as opposed to stuff that the otters keep stealing. The, you know, the incredibly degenerate shit that everyone gets up to. 
the fetishes. Fucking, fucking my God. <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's will probably go down as like the weirdest one. Like getting off on making noodles from the used bathwater of someone. That's a that's fuck that's out there. Well, again, for the for the undernight in birth fans, you already know about the degeneracy <laughs> in your community with the bathwater. I was actually talking to Vargelia about this when we were eating <laughs> noodles, funnily enough, and it didn't and I was like I actually she hadn't watched the episode, so I just said, You do realise there's an episode in which there's someone who drinks bathwater belonging to or steals bathwater belonging to women. And obviously she said, Oh, it's the user joke. Because it is. Ikahara confirmed for it under night in birth player. <laughs> Probably plays wide enough, just good, guessing. Good job. Good job. <laughs> right. Okay. Who did you say plays? Wagner. Who's Wagner? Wagner's a relatively recent character. She's okay. a lady with a twin, like, grill shaped twin tails and a fire shield and dagger. Man, uh, I don't even, I don't know this game. This is a game I actually play. Um, or at least I played an older version of it. And I thought I saw the. Yeah, it's a new one. There must be, like, a, more than one new character. I thought there was only, like, one or two new characters. You're probably thinking of Fonon. Yeah, that's exactly who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Fallen Fallen's been around for a lot longer, but the others would came out with the console. Okay, okay. DLC. Alright. $9.99 per character. No, I don't know how much it is. <laughs> Alright, so, another thing to talk about, probably the last point for me, at least for this particular episode, before we go into the wider topic. Let's talk about the scene uh, where we get the Kepi countdown. That's the one for the English folks in the audience. Uh... And then, of course, we get the various scenes in grayscale with uh, titles from the episodes, actually, uh, like I Want to Get By, I Want to Betray, playing over. Um, what are these yeah. scenes? These scenes are all centered around football in some form. The soccer uh, league. Like, <laughs> yeah, the soccer league. The future, as it turns out, the Mirai. Right, uh, the Mirai, yep. Yes. Now, I want to just quickly give a shout out to Ancient Onyx, who actually tweeted at me with something to talk about on this, asking what our thoughts were on this particular scene if these futures Hi, were onyx we listen what a great twitter follow follow ancient onyx they're awesome yes indeed um and so onyx said uh, are these scenes uh like actually going to happen in the future or are they possibilities of the future like what do we think of them what do we make of them mm-hmm. um just to give some context about it because these are all this is all like important for as far as scenes go these scenes involve things like the, the guys arguing with each other. Uh, one of them, which I thought was just, wow, Ikara really can twist the knife, is we see, I think it's Kazuki going yes. through physiotherapy yes. with a wheelchair in the scene. I'm like, that is, that is the long-term, like, high-grade, high-impact karma there, given what happened with Harrick. Holy fuck. That's something. Uh, and I think we have Toy leaving the Misanga behind in his locker. Who, uh, this who is throws, all over. Uh, who throws their boots away? Is that Kazuki? Uh, I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember. But anyway, that's the kind of stuff. Again, they're all scenes of conflicts. They're all scenes uh, of falling out of anger, of suffering, and all you know, and pain. Uh, but it's also connected through a running through scene of the three boys working together to set Kazuki up to score a goal, which. He does, because that's the end of the flash of the flash forward at that point. We can take to me now. So although all those things are happening, we do have an overarching scene of teamwork and success. Mm-hmm. That's there. 
So, uh, to answer Onyx's thoughts on I think the bigger question here is what's, what we what we take away from this, not just if we're to say simply that they are future, the future or not, or that these things are, you know, definitely the future or not. And I think it ties into the idea of um, why I said before about, you know, how, okay, yeah, we fucked up in the past. We've all screwed up in many ways. I've done some stupid shit in my time. And here's the thing. Here's the big thing about this scene. We're all going to keep doing stupid shit as we get older. But in the end, the reason we have that connecting scene, like this spine almost running through all these scenes of them playing that shot, is that despite all the setbacks that they suffer, even if they're real or not, they keep going. They keep working together, growing stronger as a team, working towards that common goal, like literally. So I think the point here is as much as the show is saying that we shouldn't give up our memories or our experiences, our losses, our pain, our suffering that we've had in the past, we also should similarly not preclude ourselves from the idea of experiencing more of that. Deliberately, mind you, I'm not saying people need to start, you know, dropping toasters in tubs and all that. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. But rather, I'm saying you need to be open to the idea that you will continue to make mistakes as you grow older, even to old age. No one's perfect. But that you'll continue to get stronger for it and learn from it, become better for it. And I think that's really important. It's this, this show is not simply just about dealing with past experiences. It's about being open to the possibility of future ones and not closing yourself off. I mean, like, Enter, for example, like, think of it, think of it from his point of view. He did end up confessing his feelings to Kazuki, which is quite a brave thing to do in any circumstance, even if Kazuki might have been reciprocative of it. Uh, you know, he made the choice to do what he was to his brother, but then he simply made the choice, you know, to stick around and see what the future held, even though it let him be put away for three years. Mm-hmm. Which, as much as I say, like, you know, that that might potentially have been a good thing in terms of the show, that is still three years of his life down the drain, let's be honest here. Let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. No, you're right. Um, or, or in Kazuki's case, you know, Harak has not been, you know, is still wheelchair-bound. They still have that. Um, like, that, that's still going to be thing, something going forward. All sorts of things. So I think that that's the point of that particular flash-forward. It hints at possibilities in the future that may or may not happen. Kazuki may end up breaking his leg and having to go through physiotherapy. Or he may not. Maybe it never happens. Maybe some of those things happen and some don't. Maybe none of them. Maybe all of them. Maybe they never even get to the soccer field. But the point is that the concluding moment of that flash forward is, you know, them scoring that goal. And so therefore, being open to the idea that you'll be, you know, you may have to go through more suffering in the future is a means of growing and getting stronger from it. Now, that being said, I don't think it's fair to say that you should ever wish on anyone, oh, you know, you've got to go through hardships to get strong. It's like leveling up. Right, right. If we can, if we can avoid it, we can do. Right. Mm-hmm. I think rather the idea behind it is that we can be opportunistic about it. If something goes wrong, we can learn. And sometimes things go wrong despite our best efforts. It's like in, so, you, you know from fighting games that failure is success, right? <laughs> like you're, when you're labbing, like especially, especially when I whiff a combo and it works out in my favor, it's just <laughs> you get beat well, and then you figure out why you got beat and you know yeah on and on. But no, if only life were that simple, right? Um, mm. So yeah, I didn't just for to be clear, don't Kepi, Reo, and Mabu say at the end like, 
what we've what they've just seen is a flashback of a possible future. They're and also flash forward. They say that as well. Yeah, they're exactly. They're experiencing it as uh, in that kind of in that way of um, those kind of memories that are only possible memories. But I agree with you that like it's less in this sort of show. It's like less important the the nuts and bolts of like are these really happening and kind of how where are these things situated in the ontology of Sarah's of Maya and more of like what you said thematically um, that you know. Being alive can be really, really hard, but it can be extremely fulfilling and good and rewarding, intertwined with all of it. And, you know, to experience all that, you know, yeah. the good with the bad, you got to be on the field. So I speak. mean, if you take if you take the show back to a macro level, just think of it this way. These kids have been through an experience oh, no. where it ends uh, their muted. war. I can't hear you. Huh? What? Can you not hear me? You've muted yourself. I've not. Yeah. Uh, or no? I don't think I've muted you. Let's see. You're not muted here. I'm... Can I hear sounds? Let me unplug my headphones really quick and make sure. Oh, I... oh wait. Yep. There you go. There you are. Okay, I don't know what happened there, folks. Apologies. You've returned. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't. You can't hear me. I'm afraid. Doc, Doc was just going. Like, God, I can't stand this. Yeah, it was. It was. I guess my headphones. God damn it! Sorry, it, I, I missed your. Please, please continue. Um, I mean, take this back to the macro level. Like these kids, like against their will, were turned into cappers and forced to fight zombies from hell. That's what happened. They were forged in fire. That's how they met as friends, after all. Toy would have had nothing to do with Enter Arkazaki had they not had he not ended up in this situation. So even then, the events of the show prove its own thesis by saying, hey, you know what? They've been through some silly and even downright stupid shit. But they're firm friends as a result. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, I've never been turned into a capper and forced to extract someone's you know desire from their butthole. But I have been through some stupid shit with some friends that I otherwise have never met before. And I'm still firm friends with him now. So yo. I think it may be a good way to think about it is like, you know, experience is not like a Jenga tower. You know what I mean? You can't just like remove pieces from it and be like, ah, mm-hmm. I still have the same Jenga tower only minus me or minus this one thing. Like it, everything is so deeply connected and experience is so holistic that, like, to remove just that a part of it, it makes it a total this totally new thing. That because so many people are affected, it's the change is that deep, and the ripple effect is that voluminous and uh, and and all not all consuming, but spreads that yeah. far and wide. Um, mm. So um, Emily's Emily's go so gone. No, you go. You go. Well, Emily's, well, there's been some discussion in the chat here about like you know whether or not the story ends, and and it's like I said at the beginning. This is one of those endless endings I talk about, you know, which is that the story doesn't, you know, have a conclusive light. You know, the characters stop here. That's the end of it. Characters go on in their lives. That's the closing moment of the episode of the Kappa, like onto the future. That's the whole point of the flashback. I, I flash forward. Sorry, I mean to say that I just discussed. And I'm all for these kind of endings. Um, I mean... Kazuki's arc, I admit, did solve itself halfway through the show, so he 
did not get much more examination beyond that. Maybe that's a criticism that you could make of the show that he should have been his arc should have persisted through the entire way rather than just ending halfway. Uh, enter, and maybe he could have been more developed in terms of his own, you know, issues, you know, how his feelings are, like, you know, that he maybe, you know, through Kazuki realized this is my sexuality, but ultimately, you know, I know I can't be with this guy, but I now know at least where I am and who I am and, you know, who I'm into. And that, you know, is a good thing. It gives me a foundation to build from. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's not entirely unreasonable criticism of Sarah's and I as a whole to say that this show could, you know, have probably done with more episodes. I mean, like I said, the actual overarching uh, plot is very thin, particularly in the second half of the show. But the like mythological elements, such as the Oster Empire, and such are quite underdeveloped. Your mileage is going to vary on this one, but I think, insofar as the character stuff goes, I think it's all been super strong. Yeah, um. Okay. So. Do you want to address... So Trickster in chat thinks that a failing of this episode in particular was that there were no consequences. Um, I assume... So I ended up in prison? I assume he's talking about for the three main characters, but like... But yeah, I mean, Inta... Inta died. um, Which is pretty traumatic. And came back to life. Kazuki had one of his friends sent to prison and one of his friends die. And, you know, he's already going through this thing with his biological family and figuring that out and his, and his brother. Oh, that's like, you know, that's a fault. There's like, I mean, he's just going, he's going through quite a bit. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess consequences for what, because yeah, toy toy turns himself in and into like all throughout the show is learning that he's been an asshole <laughs> and mm. in some ways and he ends up dying and and reconnecting and I think like is is going to you can we can reasonably assume like he's gonna figure out well, how I to think, live. I th- I think all of the uh, characters as Zoo has just said in the uh, chat there have you know they've changed and confronted the key flaws. The issue is uh, and this again your Marjorie very on this is that they didn't all, you know, conclude the same point in time of the show. Like, Kazuki's arc, done by episode six, he's never really been challenged or felt, like, you know, low as a character or as a person since then. He's been fine. Enter's pretty much there's con- like one concluded... Point, there's, like, one point where Enta, you know, like, catches him still thinking in a very myopic way. Remember when he's, like, hmm. uh, it says, like, I'll sacrifice myself or whatever, and Enta, like, smacks him, like, stop thinking that way. Um, which goes to... to what uh uh emily i think in chat was talked about the lifelong struggle of overcoming your flaws i mean he's mm. he's overcome a hurdle but like those things are still there anyway but you're principally you're totally on board yes i think you're totally right after episode six yeah. nothing major i I, w- I will say this so likes it just came up when you mentioned uh Kaz-Kaz. if i had another criticism to make about the show for all the talk that the show had, uh, or rather Kazagi had about not, you know, feeling that his family was his biological family, that also was rather undercooked. Like, the principal element of his issue with that was with Haruka, and that stuff was great, but his parents were peripheral. Like, they were mom and dad. I don't remember their names. That's how much of an impact they had on me as characters. And I think, again, like, it's fair to say that maybe this is just a function of the show being compact, because it is only 11 episodes, there's a lot to pack in, and I, they could have, as Trickster has said, gone on to two cores and then probably expanded this out a lot more. Um, but I will say this again, like I've said before, if my complaints fall into, you know, 
basic to one of two things. Either A, what we got was crap, or B, what we got was great, just wasn't enough of it. The latter of the two, I will take any day of the week over the former. And Saren Tamai, when I feel it, even if it, I don't feel it all the time, you know, I'm definitely of the latter opinion, which is what we got was great. There just could have been more of it. And I'm not talking about in the a lot of time we got, but more than there could have been more episodes to flesh things out and give us more resolution on certain plot points, like, you know, Kazuki's parents, you know, um, such and such, the whole background of the war between the Otters and the Kappas, so on and so forth. Sure, sure. I, I think to some degree that stuff doesn't matter, right? It was kind of like... Window dressing is too strong of a term, but it was like a lot of it was like world building to to give the place these characters inhabited like real life and and uh and zest and verve and like we got to see a brief window into their lives at a very important time in all of their lives, and we got to see the really important events in this time and it would be cool to see what would happen later, but I think it's not not necessarily integral to, like, this tale, um, because I think you know we can we've kind of laid out how he would feel and how he would respond. I mean, like he would he's in a better place, but sometimes he would fuck up, you know, and like whatever he goes on to do, I think he's gonna still love and take care of his brother and be connected to Den Toy, which is hmm. the real important thing given. Given this story, um, you, you know, you know, I just have to say something. I didn't comment on in the last episode. Why the fuck is Haruka out of nowhere hanging with Zuza Sarah? Who took him there? Why is she there? That's just so random. Uh, but it's really mad to be honest. But I mean, I just found that I found that bizarre. Like that we cut in talking about the little prince. I know. Uh, Shout to the little prince again. Another yeah. recurring thing that I really need to fucking read I need to because. Read it it's yeah. clearly a go-to text for referencing in a lot of Japanese fiction. Uh, so that's going to be on my to-do list. Shout out Emily Ram, by the way, who has read it, and is probably the person you should be asking about it and its relevance in this uh, show. I think she's blogged at least. Yeah. It wouldn't, All right. it anyway. wouldn't shock me if she was like, did a blog that was like, The Little Prince and The Sorrows in My Ending, how this is crucial, um, <laughs> or whatever yeah. you know. So. Exactly. Alright, I've said everything I pretty much want to say about the episode, uh, and as individual talking points, the series as a whole at this point, uh, we're, for my part, uh, well, off to the future, I guess, but I still have closing thoughts on the overall show. Should we move into those now? Um, let me see if there was anything else I wanted to... Uh, yeah. Can we take uh, the briefest of breaks before we get into our our big overarching stuff. Hit it. Cue the music.
we're back. Thanks for hanging with us. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, my apologies. I promised music and there was none. So uh, at some point I will like pay some, I don't know, I'll play a blue or some shit. I'll, fi- I'll figure it out. I mean, God, I could get music on my phone right now, but then the YouTube copyright boss would literally drop kick me in the face. I don't want that. They would come from- You'd probably find it very insane, to be fair, but I'm, I'm good. I don't like being drop kicks. Bye. Anyway. Like so yeah, let's talk about red and black clad ninjas would like zipline in into the background of the shot and gag you. Something like. All right, so let's talk about the show as a whole. Let's get our closing thoughts on uh, Sarans Mai as a series. Uh, do you want to go first, or shall I, Doc? Uh, I will. I'll go first and just like, boy. Uh, uh, yes is a raise. Uh, no is keep. Cloud. <laughs> um. So, I guess I'm going to talk about the not uh, gushy stuff in the beginning uh, and save save all that for, for next time, for later. Um, mm. I think that... Oh, I'm very... I, gosh, I'm so undecided in some ways on where I feel this sits in Ikuhara's oeuvre, in his... Uh, <laughs> His catalog of, of anime works he's directed. You know, there have been four uh, TV series that he's been... I mean, and not counting, like, the Sailor Moon stuff that is sort of someone else's baby that he comes in to take the lead for in different parts, um, unless I'm yeah. mistaken. Uh, I'm I'm just looking at Utena, Penguin Drum, uh, Yodikuma, and this. Part of me is like, you know... It's the best thing ever. It's like the it's the most like tight, cohesive thing he's ever done. Uh, you know, even one of my favorite all time anime, Utena, has some stuff that you could cut from it. Da, 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 da. But then, then I'm like, well, like you were saying, boy, I wish there are certain things that could have got fleshed out. And even if you take the stance that I did earlier about like plot elements not um, mattering as much as as the themes and things like that in this particular slice of the characters' lives, there's some stuff that's introduced thematically that, like, I mean, maybe on rewatch it will hit me more. You know, this yes, is certainly yes. like an onion, right? That you there's a lot going on, and over the years, so it's like an so it's like an ogre. It is this anime is like an ogre, and over the years you will probably find that they are layers. Sarazamai uh, and ogres are like onions. Uh, that was really bad. Holy shit. I got to work on that. <clears throat> well, to be fair, it's Shrek, so it just automatically stains everything it touches. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, like, so, yeah, I go back and forth. I th- I mean, but having said all that, I mean, this is a fantastic show. But, you know, things like uh, the Capazon boxes. I... Maybe this is just me being thick. I mean, it's definitely that, right? Because, you know, I think, I mean, certainly in the past, Ikuhara has made a ton of stuff where there's a lot of uh, symbolism of which the the meanings are are deep and layered and non-obvious and referential and things like that. Um, So maybe it's like, I don't know, a lot of people are praising this as, as really straightforward, and so maybe that's, like, me reading all that and going, alright, I don't have to look as deeply into things. Why aren't they talking about the boxes more? Maybe maybe there are depths to it underneath all the straightforward stuff 
that are still there that can be plumbed and mined and figured out. Um, Cause I think a show like this, I mean, I certainly don't claim to like really have wrapped my arms around. No me for that matter. Not even close. I, I, I just, I don't think that that's feasible to do. Um, but, but, uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, there are things like that thematically that I would have, that I would have liked to see more straightforwardly integrated into the rest of the stuff. Cause it did feel like the show over time shifted to, to being all about the characters and their arcs and less about kind of what was laid out in the beginning as here is the world of Sarah and Mai and yeah, I mean, they didn't, there was not really a problem, a fundamental problem about the world that was necessarily solved, I guess. I mean, did the otter, do you think the otter is really gone forever for everyone for good? Or was this just kind of their personal journey? I think that's just one. I think there are possibly more of them. They did say they were an empire it's after an empire. all. <laughs> it's the Otter Man Empire. So, oh! Yeah. I've, done, I've made that joke before. Um, and it was painful the first time. <laughs> oh, fuck. But, but, no, I, you're, yeah. but I do love these. I mean, like like Cloud was saying, like these characters are tremendous. And so that shift is not necessarily an unwelcome one. Um, but, you know... Things, things thematically that are left on the table, or or undercooked, you know, certainly worth calling out. And again, maybe I'll rewatch the show in like a year or two and like deeply regret saying that. Maybe like, oh, <laughs> there, come on, Doc. Like, why did you not see? So, yeah, those are those are the things. And and again, I and I could see people frustrated that you know the um the Kazuki's family situation isn't really um, gone into more. And, you know, Trickster, uh, while I sort of don't necessarily agree with his appraisal, his evaluation of the final episode, like, there's a point there that he's making in chat that's like, there was not a lot of plot, and I could see expecting a lot of plot in the finale, like some more... Mm-hmm. in the way of explanations but it really is just like a kind of a celebration is not the right word but it's an echoing of all the themes uh, and, mm-hmm. and not a lot that in terms of like if you did the plot outline right the bullet points there's not too much that happens but like so much is said and thought and so much ground is covered and, and re-emphasize thematically that I think it's still really good. And it's still what I, it's kind of what I wanted. And, and I really liked the mm. end a lot. Um, like I said, it made me cry. I shed some tears. Because <laughs> those, you know, the endings of, the, of Ikuhara shows have been very tragic in the past. And, and you know, a couple of our characters, our, our beloved agents of the law, got, got a really tough, hard ending despite the fact that they, you know, ended up together uh, again after that. Um, I was so happy to see our boys, like, reunited, fully together, 
and all rowing the boat in the same direction. Like we're going to face whatever <laughs> life throws at us and whatever comes our way. We're going into the future together. We're connected uh, and we're all alive. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that was just really beautiful. I was so happy with him. Like I said, I mean, you could fall for Toy in that last scene alone. His smile was just like, it, it was uh, deeply moving um, and very sweet. Uh, <laughs> and it just a lovely, lovely, lovely moment. Um, and now I'm gushing a lot, so I'll stop. But yeah, I think I pointed out some of the, a couple of the things I thought could, could have been shored up. Um, but then I'll, mm. I'll talk about positives after you talk. Right. So just full disclosure here, this was my first Ikahara show. Like I have never seen Penguin, Drummond Center or anything else that he's done. Um, and funnily enough, that actually gets back to the very idea of why we do this podcast, which was when we started it. Uh, you know, Doc's the one who knows all the shows. Here's me, Mr. Ignorant, coming in like to start talking smack about shows. <laughs> I've never seen before because I haven't watched a lot of like you know anime even now overall and I will say the first episode completely took me by surprise with its content but for all the talk that people gave to me like you know of oh good god like this you know the more you fought your points with the more you get out of it which I will confess it's it seemed a bit like you know off-putting like holy crap I've seen like Bob Duff, for example, say, like, that's not an appealing element to a show, to be quite honest, where, you mm. know... And, again, this is a your miles may vary thing on this. But I think the story itself, like, for all the intricacies that we've mentioned and the elements they did bring up, it is still a very straightforward story of, you know, kids who fuck up, they make mistakes, but they learn from them, they grow from them, and they learn to value their friendships to each other as opposed to just discarding them because that's better than, you know, the potential pain that may off. Um, it was very funny. The show mm-hmm. made me belly laugh quite a lot. Kepi uh, <laughs> pole dancing is seared into my brain for all my days oh, on Kepi's this. On too this... Good. He's so good. Kepi, he's an asshole, but he's good. <laughs> he, he's a complete. Do you remember if um, I can't recall once he becomes king and his kind of fused with Dark Kepi, does he still look high as as all? It's all get out, as we say in the South. I don't think he does. I think think they're clear now, so. (laughs) What if if this entire show was just literally, like, Kepi just constantly being high, and it's just from his perspective, and it's just a complete fever dream? Just saying. The post credit scene is like, Toy, you got any more of that weed? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I... I need it. I, I enjoyed this a lot. Um... I think that, again, I would prefer certain elements be fleshed out. I could be wrong quoting this because this is from something that I'm sure you shared on interviews to me, Kara was. We said he wanted to be about a little bit about social media and stuff. That never really came up if that's the case. Again, I could be wrong on that. I could be misquoting, could be misattributing. Um, but there was certainly potential. There's a lot of potential for, like, I mean, I was talking about parasocial relationships at the very start between uh, Haruka and Azusa Sarah. Um, which was a substitute for a genuine relationship between him and his brother. Um, so there's certainly plenty of, you know, stuff that could have been developed further in the show. But what we got, I thought, I found it very refreshing. I found it fun. I found it charming. I found it very sad, very poignant. Like, how it handled this, even it's more, you know, how should I say, serious subject matter, such as, you know, the suicide elements that were brought up in six and in this one, 
or how it even handled Rayo Marby's relationship really well. Again, coming as someone who is is not um, who is cishet, so I can't really, you know truly offer a proper perspective on that. But I think it did a good job. Uh, all told, this show was fantastic. But there is something I want to veer onto a little bit here, just as a talking point about the wider, about the wider show. Uh, if you're a Joseph Campbell fan, buckle the fuck up. Oh, well, with, do you mind if I address something that you said? Yes. Um, before you you change the subject, mm-hmm. you, you do mind? I won't if you mind. No, 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 carry, no, carry. That's why I was pointing at you to do it. <laughs> okay. I wasn't. I, okay. I wasn't. I, I don't want to stop your flow. Um, but also, I'm a forgetful bastard. That's why I have this notebook in front of me and try to write things down. Um, just on the point of the show and Ikuhara in general and like being welcoming and you talked about Nick Creamer talked about that not being a, a a good element of a show and maybe it's different for different forms of media but um, I don't know I sort of don't mind like I don't get mad or, or um, not to say you're mad or anyone in chat or anything is particularly mad but like if someone says about a work, you really have to invest in it. Like, there are ways of saying it that are shitty and assholes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is fucking dope, and and you plebs couldn't understand any of it. <laughs> but like, but there there are also I think genuine ways of like accurate being accurate about it and describing a, a work that does take that. Being like, look there's a lot going on here and you, if you commit to it more, like you'll get more out of it and, you know, some knowledge of these different Japanese like concepts or whatever is, um, is, is, uh, good is beneficial. Um, you know, or, or this video game, like you get way more out of it, the more effort you to put into it, it could be really fucking hard. But like, if you, um, read about it and like just um practice a little bit like you'll be rewarded like i think that there's like a place for that in media like i don't think all media has to be like we welcome everyone and like want everyone mm. no matter what to enjoy this equally the same um at, you know i think that there is a place to not to be inaccessible or, or obtuse in a shitty way uh, or to exclude people on purpose, but just to be like, you know, the audience I'm going for, me, the work of media, or me, the creator, uh, is this sort of audience, or these people that uh, like this or understand that. So mm. to appreciate this um, and get as much out of it that I would want someone to get out of it, um, this and that are, are um, beneficial. Um, mm. I, I think that that can be can be fine. I don't think this necessarily ended up being that sort of show in some no. ways. Um, I mean, there are and to Ikahara's enduring credit, in my opinion, there like there's stuff in Utena and Penguin Drum that I'm like, man, like this is really like I'm not I'm not getting everything going on here, but the characters are so good. And the show's so entertaining overall that you got me. I'm still on board. And there's all there's to everything. There's like different levels of enjoyment. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and Ikuhara, hmm. I think, is talented enough that like even if you were like, if, "Fuck yokai, man! I don't give a shit. I just want to sit down and watch the show." You can still get a lot out of this show. Yeah, and most well, of I mean, Ikuhara that, shows. Well, 
this is the thing, like, this is why I'm bringing up my own experience or lack thereof in it, in that maybe I certainly didn't, you know, I mean, part of my duty as a critic here on this show is to try and get as much out of the show as I can or talk about in a reasonable time frame, which we struggle with, we'll admit, <laughs> uh, you know, to, you know, pass on and talk about and discuss. <clears throat> but ultimately, for my own personal enjoyment watching uh, Saren Samai, I got plenty out of it that I loved, like the attention to detail I've talked about many times, uh, even things that I didn't notice that I spied afterwards that made me appreciate the little things that help texture shows like this, the wider themes, all the stuff that I've talked about previously, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think that this is a show that, you know, yeah, maybe there's a higher level of understanding and interpretation that is more rewarding, but I certainly personally felt plenty rewarded by the show. I thought it was fantastic. Could have been better, but there's not many shows that can't be made better, to be mm. quite honest. Let's, let's be blunt here. So, I We're not talking about Frank's here. <laughs> That's the one unassailable work of genius that can't be made better by anyone. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, self. Um, Alright, so, let's talk about the thing I was going to bring up then. So, I'm going to just point out, by the way, that when I bring this up, this is not me condemning the show, I'm just speaking more academically here. Okay. But let's talk about the idea of being a derivative work. Dun 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 No no derivative. It's the dark Kepi dark. Derivative Kepi. I love it. So here's the thing, right? Derivative Kepi. Why wasn't he a character? Oh my god. It would have been like uh if he was designed like a I don't know, like a nineties shojo. Or like a like in a clamp. Just draw derivative Kepi in the clamp art style. You know, here I am. <laughs> totally ripped off from something else. <laughs> all all he all he can quote is lines from other characters in different shows. <laughs> anyway, uh so here's the thing, right? Uh-huh. I've made I've made a few uh jokes at the show, uh in good nature about it being like similar to Persona or Madoka Magic various points the toy jokes for example uh but here's the thing right if you were to say to me the ending of sarin's of my up until about the two-thirds point was very you know persona-esque like you know end of the world like you know we've got to defeat the giant evil god entity uh through the power of friendship uh you're onto something but here's the thing, right? As much as I might say that this has, you know, like a lot of things that are very similar in shows like so, or well, video games like Persona or Madoka Magica, as I've mentioned before. Like, the reason I brought up Joseph Campbell, he's the gentleman who once wrote a book that basically said all stories have been told, eat shit, motherfuckers. Yes, uh, yes. Is that the power, quite the power of myth? Yeah, power of myth. You know, all stories have been told, that's it. But here's the thing, right? Like, yeah, I can point to similar story beats and story elements. Uh, I haven't seen Sailor Moon, I must admit, Zoo. Maybe I should correct that at some point so I can be more educated. Um, but anyway. Stay um, away from episode looked- three. Or is it whatever... It's either episode three or four. The like, is all about fat shaming. It made me the saddest I've ever been. Oh, boy. <sighs> Sorry, please continue. God, God damn it. Um, so anyway... Um, like, as much as I can point out these similarities, like the fact that Kepi is, you know, Cube and all that shit, so I can go on for hours about all these common elements. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the thing. Saren Zemai is its own unique blend of these elements. 
you know, you can take ingredients to make one meal and use it to make a different one. There's your anime is food criticism, and therefore I must turn in my critics badge. It's all over. My career is dead. See list celebrity YouTube celebrity, you know, dead in the water. Jokes aside. Uh, but to me, it was its own unique blend of humor, of style, of its own, you know, ideas. You know, it covered its topics well. So even if I do, you know, crack a joke here and there, or people might want to say, well, this is, I've seen this before. This does not make this bad. It doesn't make it rip off. It doesn't make it derivative. It just means that it shares common, like, beats and story threads that we've seen before. But so what? If you do it well, as it's been done very well here, great. I'm always happy to have more of the same, quote-unquote, even though it's really not. I mean, I could go all the way in on this and say this Madigan Magic of the Boys, or about boys. The boys. <laughs> Madoka Magica, colon, the boys. For the, yeah, I could say that. And, you know, there's a grain of truth in that comparison, jokingly and sneeringly as I might make it. But, well, A, that's high praise, and B, Sans Might does so much of its own stuff, and is so much its own identity. But that's great. As Kay said, you know, tropes are not necessarily a bad thing. I can point, you know, like, I could make jokes about, you know, all of the, like, the criminals that we see not being able to really shoot for shit, apart from that one guy. I say, <laughs> stormtroopers, <laughs> do that. Do that. Who is this that has come to the podcast? Is this so I'm, I'm, Star Wars fan? Uh, what is your What is your name? I'm the TV tropes guy. <laughs> I haven't I haven't left the room in weeks. I spend it on the website. What Been do you, lost. What do you think of Ikuhara TV tropes guy? I think he's a. Uh, do you like anime? This is probably problem. I actually need to get TV tropes up and I'll start quoting from. I'm not going to do that. Cause that's too obvious. So I'll abandon this skit here. Uh, anyway, that's... Sundere. Mary Sundere. <laughs> there, I did it. Oh, fuck. God! <laughs> and... Oh, oh cloud! cloud. <laughs> 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 oh, Thank you very much for watching, ladies, gentlemen, and MBs. This has been Worried Death Show. I'm just going to go drink myself into the grave. With that's this incredible. Sauce. That's incredible. But yes, thank you, that, thank you for that, Cloud. Uh, that's... <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, my point basically is that, you know, as much as I can, you know, say X and Y is like this, you know, Saren's my has elements I've seen elsewhere, even visual similarities, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. As far as it stands, I thought it was a fantastically well-executed show. There's only real crime was just being a little undercooked in certain places. But the main course, you know, the actual, again, here's your food joke, podcast, me create a batch The main parts of it, you know, um, the main the stories about the main characters about Reu and Mabu, they were all great, and I'm very happy to have tried it. I'm very and I'm very curious about trying Morikara works in the future. So take it from me, it's a damn fine show. If you want to know where I'm going to place it in the pantheon of stream of thought shows a week, uh, well, it should come as no surprise to you that it's definitely you know superior to you know, Darling in the Wanks. <laughs> I've not made that joke. The, yet. Per the perpetual bottom. <laughs> of the list forever and always well you never know we'll make you find one someday um it is better than memo junkie and it's better than memo junkie for one other reason that relates to my criticism of that show which sarin's mic covers perfectly we understand why the characters came to think the way they did in memo junkie's primary floor in my opinion if you ever caught around in the early halcyon days was doing what we weren't even doing live 
was that uh, Morioka like had a lot of issues about self-esteem and self-image and all that, which is fine. But we never find out why she thinks that. And I'm not saying right. that they, we need to learn the objective truth as to why she thinks that, like that she, you know, of, we just need to have a perspective, you know, laid out. Uh, yes, that's also a fair point, Sue. I personally don't hold that against MMO Junkie, but yeah, great. I mean, he got disavowed by the production. That's... <laughs> yeah, we learned that, by the yeah. way, like right after we after did the, the final one. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. <laughs> but at yeah. least, like, well, the original work was not made by him. He was just yeah. fucking sitting in the director's chair of the adaptation. But it's still a really... Ugh. Ugh. It sucks. I had... Now, it might be very difficult for him to clip the board, you know, dipping out where his arm was constantly pointing upwards towards. Whoops. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so yeah, that was the primary flaw of that show. But Saren's and I, we understand quite intimately through various means, uh, both in terms of, like, you know, the Saren's and I, like, you know, uh, Shirokadama extraction, the leaks, all that, and then just Dentist's fantasies and, you know, flashback of uh, Toy's brother. Like, we understand how they came to feel the way they did quite intimately. So that really helps the drama. We can empathize with the characters. We can see how they came to get the way they are, even though they often do things that are in their best interests. Like, I can totally understand why Kazuki was going to make the decision he was going to do, mm-hmm. you know, to take his own life and to save Harakas, given everything that happened with him up to that point, and his own inner perspectives and thoughts on how he felt as a, you know, outcast from his own family. MMO, how Mariko came to be the way she is, Again, even if it's not just objective truth, but just more how she views the world and how she views how she's portrayed, couldn't fucking tell you. It's on the writing room floor. And then we go, of course, to our top two uh, other shows, which are Promised Neverland. I'm not going to compare this to Promised Neverland because that's a different thing. This is an apple oranges thing. So let's just leave that aside. No, you, well, must, banana fish, I think you it, must place, you must have a hierarchy. <laughs> you must rank them. <laughs> this is BuzzFeed, son. We well, I, well, well. This is where I'm going to spoil because I actually do need to talk about banana fish to give you my reign. Because there's a lot of again comparable elements here. You've got you know a character, particularly in the character of Toy, living a life of crime, being unable to escape it, ultimately nearly consuming him in the end and costing his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he survives, whereas Ash regrettably does not. Um, I'm going to say in the end that I think I still I still think Banana Fish is the overall superior show. I agree. Although that, although that, I would argue, does suffer from a similar issue as Sarah Zemai, and that the overarching plot relating to Banana Fish, the drug, is undercooked. Uh, but it was more of an excuse to hang the characters stuff on it. But I felt that was stronger. Um, I will leave it up to other people to decide whether or not they think Banana Fish or Sarah Zemai is, you know, more LGBT plus positive on its depiction, because uh, we did discuss the idea of gay tragedy and such like that. So I'm not going to comment any more on that because that's not my place. I'll leave it to people who are qualified to do so, but I just thought I'd mention, worth mentioning it. Mm-hmm. Um, but insofar as a compelling crime drama goes, like, I mean, obviously Toy is only one character out of the three. But I think Banana Fish, because it had more room to breathe, it got t- more time into help develop the characters. It might have been a little over long at the end, actually, to be honest, with, you know, Colonel What's-His-Face fucking turning up. I don't remember what his name is, but oh, they kind yeah. of... Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> parachuting characters in out of the ether, you know, take over the villain duties because goals even. We were mad yeah. about uh, Blanca, the, uh, Blanca, Blanca for a while, oh. and then we like, no, then they double down on it by oh, it's Fox's name was yes, Frick. oh god, what a fucking waste. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I overall, I overall think that show was stronger overall as a story. 
Um, I don't think it was quite as undercooked in its overarching elements as um, Saren's Maya was. But that being said, Saren's Maya, I think, is more fun. It's more quirky. It's got its own unique charm and flavor to it. Uh, it's not quite as miserably depressing, <laughs> although it does have its moments. Um, but this being said, you know, second, joint second with Promise Neverland, if you want to call it that, that's a high accolade in my and Sirens of Mai is a very good, complete package. You've got great humor, you've got great heart twits, you've got tragic. You got a bit of action here and there. You know, you've got some solid action pieces in here with the gunfights. Uh, and it feels very much like its own thing. I can't recall last time, like, say, I've seen a show where we literally have a pole dancing kappa or the bathwater stuff. And for that alone, and all, like, that's the first thing I'll think of when I think of Sirens of Mai. But the last thing I'll think of when I think of Sirens of Mai. It's all the good shit they gave in terms of its themes and ideas and characters. The music. So, yeah. So, yeah. Ikahara, my man, you've got a good hat game and you've got a damn fine anime <laughs> game. Keep it up. You keep that up, my man. You keep that up. You know, everything that you have been saying and some stuff the chat has been talking about, like, where does this fall in their list of Ikuhara uh, and tropes and all this? Like, it's got me thinking, like, about how I judge music versus kind of how I evaluate um, film. I think a lot of times, like, we look for certain, like, great-making properties, and we're like, okay, because these connections are made, this is established and followed up on, like, this is better than that. You know, and that's... And I'm not saying that anybody's wrong for doing that. I mean, certainly Mm. something I do. But, like, there are some times when I am going to think just because, like, I'm going to think Banana Fish is superior work, but I'd rather watch MMO Junkie. Like, there are certain times when the music Sarazamai plays, metaphorically speaking, um, is going to be what I want. Yeah. and You have to be the frame of mind for certain works. Yeah, and it's, like, not replicated this I, I think is very unique and it's and again it is very ikuhara getting back to like you know where this kind of falls on his like when the the, the first ikuhara work you see especially if, if it's like revolutionary girl utena or moaru penguin drum like that groundbreaking first album right from a band who's doing <laughs> a new sound like, oh my god it's so groundbreaking but a lot of times for me that's not necessarily my favorite album from a band like my bloody Valentine is a band that I love deeply. They're like they I think they only have a, like three albums, <laughs> but like the first one is when they really the like their raw version of their sound came out and they and they sounded super unique, but like it wasn't until they refined it that I was like, wow, this is an all-time favorite band. And this show mm. may not be as groundbreaking as other Ikuhara shows, but it's a super tight package. It has that same Ikuhara taste, that flavor. Um, and uh, I think, you know, if you were to make the case like that, in terms of how to put together a television show, I think you could probably argue that he's grown a lot. Versus like, has he grown as a storyteller? Is he telling new stories? Is he doing these wild new things? Like, 
maybe not this time. Maybe this is the album that's all about refining his sound. You know what I mean? And and that's important for a creator too. Um, and so I think you could definitely say that this, from from that perspective, is a step in in a good direction for him. Um, show overall what I think of it. Yeah, I mean, I would put it up there among our, the best things we've watched. I mean, I think Banana Fish, I think I like better. I think it had a little bit more of an impact on me. Um, but this is like, uh, this is a clear second place. Um, I mean, it made me cry at the end, <laughs> you know, as much as I love <laughs> Neverland, I don't know. If, I mean, Neverland got a lot of feels. I mean, it was, it was tense a lot and I loved the crap out of it. Um, mm. uh, but, but this to, to me, like, and not just for the absurd stuff or, or the, the comedy stuff, but I mean, just the genuine emotional response for me, like I, I, I really uh, loved it. Yes. Just to answer your question there, Cloud, oh. uh, we're just we're simply rating them because or ranking them just because they've been covered by us in this particular series on our podcast, which is yeah. Stream of Fall. Yeah, sorry. That's literally. Seems... <laughs> sorry. That's literally. It. We're not we're not comparing them thematically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we're not even counting things that we've done podcast only, like Berserk or. Backcross would say which would be or, or, the top of my list. <laughs> uh, or uh, man. Oh shoot! Kyoso Giga. Oh god, the very beginning, man. Matt, I, can I just say actually, now that you brought Kyoso Giga, this feels like it, now that you bit, I've got the now I've remembered it. It's the same vibe. Like it feels to me like it's got that same anarchic, crazy, mythological vibe that really is just about you know character interplay and character work. Free so re Matsumoto. <laughs> but no. Team up rematch Moto with Ikuhara. Oh, Ooh, we'll have a powerful so show. God. We will have a powerful show if we get that. You um, should on. You should watch. Uh, you should watch Blood Blockade Battlefront, especially the Triple B, the first season. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the, the second season is Quadruple B. It's Blood Blockade Battlefront and beyond. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> but it's a Matsumoto show, and it's like if you take a lot of the things you loved about Kyoso Giga and kind of made it this a, a sort of grittier urban fantasy about superheroes, um, I think you'd really love that show. That show is <laughs> so great. Anyway, getting off track. Yes, the reason we're comparing it to these other shows, we're talking about the things that we've done episodic analysis for on YouTube. Um, and in MMO Junkie was only... Pot- it was It's up on YouTube, but it wasn't like this. Um, no, nor was Frank's Fat Master, which is probably for the best because there's been a lot of scowling and a lot of swearing. Well, there's swearing anyway, a lot of angry gestures, throwing objects. <laughs> the four you best know. anime of all time. <laughs> That's exactly why we're comparing it, Trickster. <laughs> the ones we've watched are the best. There, are, there, are, there isn't any anime outside of Stream of Fall. No. People like saying, this is the only horror work that exists. We yep. erase the connection with it. All the others. Ah, there you go. So yeah, uh, um, oh, I, so, so I didn't. Gosh, just to oh, just to finish. Like, I loved these characters. I love this color palette. I love this music. Oh my yes, the color palette is fantastic. This show, I, there's a certain softness to some of the shades of it that I really, really loved. Like, yes, and you know, I'm a sucker for like the themes of this show. There is a lot that uh, I can let slide. 
if a show is like faithful to the kind of themes that uh, that Iku does here. And uh, so the, I'm probably I, I'm definitely like biased in in this way. Um, but man, I, I think again it it was more out in the open and straightforward than his past stuff. But what was actually being said, not to lose sight of that was fantastic and it mm. was very powerful and the way yeah. it was said was so awesome i thought and yeah like i i thought that all the characters the main three had really compelling arcs i thought reo and mabu had and and yeah. it, they managed to all be compelling in a very truncated space of time which i think is, yeah is um is is commendable like to for, for them to do and you know, uh, I would. I want more Sarah. I want more into sister. Uh, I want more Kepi. But uh, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll go to the novels for that. I think what we got was for sure. Us. I'll I'll close on one final note here, which again is just going to get a mildly little personal here, but nothing too major. It's not like previous times I've talked about stuff in my life. But uh, for those of you who are not in the know, I've been going to therapy the past couple of months. Uh, and as it happens, I'm actually more than likely going to be finishing therapy this coming Wednesday. Uh, if you want to know where I'm currently in my life, I'm living the best life. I feel fantastic. So it's done me a real world of good, this stuff. So anyway, moving away from that, I want to talk about something very quickly that my therapist actually said to me, which was the idea that if you never let someone, if you close yourself off from other people and don't ever let them you know, have the chance to prove you wrong, then you'll never be proven, you know, you'll never get that chance, you know, be proven that you don't necessarily know what you're talking about. You know, you know, that mm-hmm. they can be as good or as great or as nurturing or as wonderful to you as they can be. You close yourself off. And you know what felt really appropriate about it? The way she drew it was like the petal of the flower, which was a circle fun. Mm. And I think that's again is the message of Saren's way. Well. It's basically saying what she had said, which is that yeah, you know what? If you had closed yourself off trusting and believing other people that they can be good to you and be, you know, and not be terrible and awful, you'll never ever have the opportunity to truly connect and bond with people and have them, you know, be good or great to you. And that's what Saren Zamai is saying here as well. So that to me, you know, marrying up with my own feelings on my own life and the way that, you know, it made me think of my, the experiences I've had and the way I passed them, and ultimately how I come out bare for it, like the week before that I finished my own therapy. That's quite a powerful note for me to leave this show on, but to leave with a smile on my face about it. Say it could have been better, but it's not one I'm going to forget anytime soon for that reason, among all others. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's well said. Um, all right. Shall we rate the episode and then we'll rate the show, I suppose. So if you want to, well, we've already really rated the show. We can rate the episode though. Definitely. Sure. Sure. We can, we can put a number on all this. Um, well, we can. So I'll close out by saying that for everything I've said about this episode specifically, uh, powering like, you know, how it seems like it just kind of, you know, rushed the ending a little bit with like Susan and all the bits that we've talked about that could have been fleshed out a bit more. It otherwise tread the beats really well. It didn't handle, in my opinion, the suicide like topic as much as the episode six did in the same fashion. But I can understand how we got to that point. And I'm only saying that as a very relative thing, it came close. Uh, and it was a strong finale for the characters. Seeing them go off into the sunset proverbially is always nice, especially, you know, given all that they've been through. Uh, Andy, of course, you know, had a good chuckle here and there, like, you know, at the otter buns, like, you ought to believe it, as he's, as he's you know, disappearing into the ether. 
So for that and for everything else I've said, I am going to give episode 11, I want to connect, but fuck it, Sarans are my, uh, four and a half great flavored yeah. guns out of five. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, boy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm struggling to, like, to, to say something new. I think I've said so much. Uh, as much as my brain is willing to like process and spit out at the moment, I feel like, like I, I don't know, not to like big myself up as a writer, but like I feel like I could probably write a better thing about how I feel about this than I could just talk it through. Uh, well, that's the, the, the that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, I mean this uh, episode for all the reasons you said, um, I'm gonna go. 4.75 wonderful Kappa boys heading off to the future out of five because I wasn't oh going to give it a four and a half but I thought like that last scene like fucking give it a that's like worth a quarter star to me but you've only got three quarters of a Kappa boy in this sense so he's missing an arm or something you monster you absolute Listen, don't maybe come over there Kepi will Kepi will give it back. They'll get enough dishes, and then they'll get the full. They'll get their. But you do realize that you do you do realize that Kepi's wishes have like you know that you know monkey's paw elements. So which means if you ask for an arm back or a leg, you end up with webbed toes or some shit. So it ain't gonna work. <laughs> it ain't gonna fucking work, mate. I'm telling you that. It's just ah. it's just Kazuki's leg injury as a kappa. He you know he still has to use a prosthetic. He'll be okay. <laughs> he adapted. Ah. All right, before but we go, I'll just quickly a, check oh, it out. Oh, do you want to give a rating to the show as a whole out of 10? Like, if you if you were Ooh, keeping up with your yeah. map, what would you give it? I, I've, I've been keeping up with it, but I'm going to just say I'll give it a... We'll call it eight and a half. It's not quite a nine for me, but okay. it is certainly up there. Uh, but I will say that for all naming it, num- giving it a number and all that, there isn't anything else like it that I've seen with the possible exception of Cruci Branco. Cruci mm. Branco, sorry, mm-hmm. I would say. Just for, for the kitsch, for the humor, uh, for the you know unique flavor it brings to it. So... Numbers are not everything, and hopefully, you know, we've managed to, uh, you know, elaborate on that over the course of the uh, past eleven episodes that we've done, mm-hmm. jabbering on at length about a show. Yeah, I'm gonna go full nines. I'm going nine of ten for the the my Nazi list rating. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I'll just quickly sign off on my end by just checking in on the polls. So uh, Sarah's my poll one. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to connect. So Sarah, 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 Sarah's am I. Uh, I'm waiting for someone to pick the first Sarah here so we can have the poll like properly fill out here. Uh, <laughs> but currently, uh, 66% Sarah's am I, 17% on one, 70% on the other, as far as the Sarah's go. Uh, Sarah's my poll two. Now, from, this question is quite personal, I will admit. So I'm going to say that, you know, as much as Sarah's am I has said, or at least practices the idea that you shouldn't give up memories of traumatic experiences or bad experiences, uh, you know, because you can learn and grow from them. That's an easy thing for us, a work of fiction to say, but that doesn't mean necessarily that it's right. You should absolutely agree with it. I mean, there's a lot of things I've heard from people over time that they shared and confided in me that, you know, in their shoes, I'd probably give up at a heartbeat. You know, horrible, horrible shit that's happened. Soon. So I'll just say that, you know, whatever your answer is to this poll, Whatever make, would make you happy if it were possible is what you should go with, even though Sarans My Preach is different. 
So anyway, with that in mind, if you could completely erase any one mistake from your life inside the show, would you? Or would you keep it in your memory as something's grown mature from? Currently, we have 83% saying yes, they would erase, and 17% saying no. And again, no judgment either way there. Mm. Like, you know, it's easy again for a show to say something like that. And it's ultimately a sentiment I sort of agree with, but at the same time, I have the privilege of not having been through anything truly horrific or traumatic in my lifetime. Certainly not to the extent that I know other people. Don't, so don't I would not retain pres- short. Come on. You, you no, 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 no. I'm literally talking about like, you know, assaults and stuff like that. I'm talking I about know. horrific shit. Like I know. So what I say that I mean, what I mean to say is, you know, like it's not my place to pr- or anyone else's to preach to you what you do and do not do with your own experiences yeah. and what read into them and learn from them. If you want to forget about something awful that's happened to you, you fucking go ahead and do it. Whatever gives you your, you know, your best life and your best health is what you should do. Yeah, we're not saying, <laughs> like, this is just what we feel Iku's point of view is, and that's just, it's just our point of view among many mm. valid ones. It's not a reasonable one, but at the same time, you know, like, it's not something that can be applied with a broad, well, you can apply with a broad brush, but then there are specifics where you might think, no, that's understandable. We don't want that to happen to anyone. So there you go. Anyway, uh, that's the all tap down the polls. Um, I'll just say before we sign off that I want to again thank every one of you who's joined us throughout the course of this stream yeah. uh, for taking the time to chat to us, uh, taking the time to listen to us elaborate, even if we've done it kind of bullheadedly or however we've gone around it about Sarah's Mike, because you know, at times I'm going to say the show has tested my ability as a critic, but that's fine. I'd rather be tested, I'd rather be mm. proven fallible than just simply have all the answers. Uh, which is fantastic. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Vargelia. Sadly, she couldn't join us for the remainder of the stream, but it was good having her along here. As I say, I got to see her on Saturday. She's doing fantastic, yeah. and that's good stuff. I can't say at this point if she will be back for our next show or not. I would very much like it to be, uh, but we'll keep you all posted on that. I also want to give a shout out to Yukinon, who has not been in the stream lately that I know of, but he did the amazing fan art of us three hosts as cappers. Uh, so Which good. was such an honor. I am literally blown away that someone would go so far as to go and make fan art of you know myself and others for the show that we're covering. Uh, I would very highly recommend you give Yukon a follow. He's a lovely lad. He does great, great artwork. Definitely give him a check out at Yukon. I think it's at the Yukon. I'm sorry, but yes. Um, so yeah. All fantastic stuff all around me. Uh, and I will remind you all again, if you've not already done so, to vote in the poll for our next show. At this point, it is looking like a two-horse race between Vinland Saga and Given. I'm pumped to cover both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, by the way, I do appreciate those who are voting for Given, uh, for us to watch Given, because I'm glad that means that people have faith in us to cover that kind of content where it is LGBTQ+, even though, you know, between me and Doc, we're basically captains of white privilege and shit like that, you know? <laughs> That's right. I'm the loyal first mate. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm, very, but I'm very happy that people have the faith in us to, you know, uh, cover that material. Um, that is quite an honor. So thank you all who have voted for that. Um, Conversely, I've not seen so you know that I don't dis, you know I don't value people voting for other shows. That's always great as well. I'm glad people are engaged on that. But I just thought it was worth mentioning. So that's my sign off anyway. Uh, but yeah, it is close. It is a two horse race. Get in on that. For the love of God, don't vote for the the one at the bottom, whatever that piece of shit is. Don't make me do it. Oh my god! Please. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, there's again. It would take a thermodynamic miracle to use Dr. Manhattan's phrase. Um, so it's close between the two. Maybe, maybe we'll find a way to cover 
both. I'm still going to flagellate myself by watching Kadasno Astra anyway, one way or the other. I mean, I now that we're going to get a break from weekly streaming, uh, I, I think we may... I think we may roll out uh, some some changes. Watch the Warabi Desho Twitter space, um, mm-hmm. and we may, you know, depending on if we get to have those, you know, a YouTube video about it could pop up. But uh, it will make it uh, possible, I think, for us to do more stuff. So perhaps we can do a given some kind of given coverage, um, in addition to uh, Vinland Saga, if. If Vinland wins, and you know, if Given wins, then we, you know, we'll do the same for for Vinland. I think. I think this is all very fluid. Things are things are changing. Things are are up in the air. But again, watch our watch our our Twitter and YouTube for uh, announcements uh, about that. Um, yeah, do vote in the poll uh, to see which one will definitely guaranteed be covered um and let's see yep god bless Vergalia. perhaps you know maybe she'll come back we'd love to have her of course she's a Wario Desho original she's a member of the family um mm-hmm. she's oh god I almost anytime I just wanted to mention as well I wanted to give uh props to Emily Ram for joining us uh <laughs> this episode eight <laughs> fuck you trickster <laughs> not really but that's you make me laugh if Dr. Stone doesn't win, I'll keep everybody updated each week. <laughs> he hates Dr. Stone. It's just going to be that every update each week from Trish is going to be they're still wandering in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Nothing, nothing, nothing to report. Business as usual. He still has crazy hair. <laughs> It'll be like watching a Fallout 3 Let's Play where they just run in circles. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to also shout out Emily Rand for joining us. Uh, if you need, uh, or indeed I would encourage you, to go look for more insights, Saren Samai, from a perspective that's not from the, you know, I myself or Doc, or even Bargelia. Uh, Emily is very insightful. She's covered stuff like The Little Prince, uh, which is something that I admittedly have no experience with. So that's definitely somewhere or something that you should look into. Uh, for me in full bloom at WordPress.com, check it out. Look yeah. it up. Look she's, her up. She's covered, you know, she was around when Penguin Drum was coming out, and she was covering that. Uh, and she covered Yorikuma Arashi. She's very, very like steeped in Iku love, uh, so yeah, she's got a, a great deal of understanding and a great perspective on this show and other Iku shows. Um, also, <clears throat> oh. we're not necessarily talking about where you can find us, but I have just started a project with your friend and mine, James Ooh, Beckett, yes. uh, from Anime News Network. Uh, he's mm-hmm. just, he's just started his own podcast, the Kick the Beckett podcast, um, and for the beginning of this podcast, he it's going to be a very general thing. His show it's going to do anime, but also movies and games. But for the first several episodes, he's going to he and I, uh, along with the occasional guest, will do um, some commentaries on Neon Genesis Evangelion. We're going to. Uh, watch the shows and talk over them and these are meant to be they're meant to work standalone but also they're meant to serve as like a dvd commentary track if you want to sync it and put it over top of the show um sort of like if you want a reference point the godzilla podcast uh is a good it's just called the godzilla podcast but it's a good 
representation of what we're trying to go for. Um, but yeah, Ava's back, so I thought this will be fun. We can talk about Ava together. Um, James is super smart, uh, great guy. Very mm. happy to that he asked me to help him uh, do this pod. And uh, yeah, so check those out. He's at Kick the Beckett on Twitter. Uh, if you're interested to hear my Evangelion opinion, do 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 not actually kick Mr. Beckett. No. That is just common assault. No, just just a point to that. Take it only as a you know a, a phrase and not a suggestion. Not all buckets should be kicked. It's true. No, um, no. And if you want to talk to me about Sutter's and Maya or other shows, I'm at the Subtle Doctor on Twitter. Yep. And if you want to, you know, uh, just send random gibberish to me, if so, please, you can find me at Shaden Ten Ten. Little content will be coming your way pretty soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, and don't forget to check out the polls. But I think that covers everything, doesn't it, Doc? That's uh, I think I don't want this to end. I hate like oh, whenever we switch shows, it's so hard. It is so hard for me because well, the Kappa starts is into the sunset, did they not? I mean, but that's the mood they would leave us on. The thing that we love and we've been thinking about for months is over. And then our audience, we always have the audience shuffle. We have loyal uh, viewers, listeners that will watch along with us and, and stick with us no matter what. And God bless you, people. You are wonderful human beings who deserve stars in your crown, as my grandmother would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, uh, we also have turnover from show to show. You know, people will follow their shows rather than us and we just happen to be talking about what they like and that's totally that's fine totally too. Cool. and you know we're, we're we're sad to see you guys go that will that will go with Sarah's and my and uh won't follow us along to whatever we do next but uh here's hoping that we meet up uh down the line when we're talking about a show that you like <laughs> mira, mira living the best <laughs> of it all yes okay yeah mm. oh god mira all the right. true the true otaku among us <laughs> the true Fujoshi. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that's it. I, we love everyone in chat. Thank you. We love everyone VODing <laughs> or potting. Um, we love you, Saras and Mai. I do, and Ikuhara. And I guess this is goodbye to you. But for everyone else out there, see you in the new season. Embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Good night, bro.